0: I don't think this is a controversial one per se, but I think it's a character that people I get the sense that a lot of people don't like. People <laughs> uh, people it's, I get the I get the sense that people don't like
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am LZ.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: I am Keenan. Yo, yo, what's up, Keenan? How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good. Um, I took a couple of days off work uh, for a personal day. Know <laughs> you know are right true. <laughs> Plus, I had, like, a lot of errands to run. Um, some friends' birthdays and stuff was coming up, so I had to get ready for that. But I'm excited to be here today. We have a very special episode. We're going to have a guest a little bit later on in the show. So yeah, I'm super excited that. for that. Yeah, and be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Let's get it. All right, cool. us well, I, child. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> you know. I understand. Last... last week, I said in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to work out. And by the end of the episode, I was talking about getting Popeyes. So <laughs> I don't know where I am right now. I know. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get things together and focus on what I want to focus on so uh, anyway let's get into what's what's going on this week with the comics so yeah. up first is a uh, Star Wars the High Republic number three now this was um written by Kevin Scott and art by Ario Anandito now um for the Star Wars fans out there we are continuing on with the what's going on with Keeve Trennis and everything that's been happening on that planet she was in so last issue Uh, They got this distress call, went out and checked out what was going on in this kind of destroyed looking space station and find out that these Nahil people, who is like the new enemy that is coming in in the High Republic, that they were, they basically ransacked this, this space station, killed all the people and left and um, our heroes and our Jedi found a kind of a killed hut like you know y'all know job of the hut the big thing and on his person they found these this barley and the only place that they kind of found out that this barley could be made was this other planet so they go to the planet try to figure out what's going on and their their mentor or key mentor has been kind of like going through it because he kind of has pst ptsd about the Nahil, they took his arm the last time he kind of had an, an interaction with them. They ransacked his village and he lost his arm. And the next time he saw them, he ended up like going crazy and kind of slaughtering the entire team. So something isn't really going on with it, right for him in, in the head. So um, he's been kind of being calmed down now. And Akiv uh, is actually on the planet trying to figure out what has been going on with these Nahil. Like what's what's the deal? She lands on the planet, starts to talk to the personnel, and this random little boy comes up. (laughs) And I don't know if he's supposed to be, like, a figment of her imagination, but that's what it felt like in the beginning because she's, like, going through these, like, really tall uh, barley fields where she can't even see above them. And all of a sudden, this little boy comes out, and he's like, oh, you know, I can help you find your friends because everyone on this planet has been kind of been missing And the leader of the planet hasn't, doesn't want to look for them. It doesn't want to really worry about it. Um, And all of their barley that they used to kind of sell for the planet has been going bad. Uh, The crops have been going bad. So she runs into this little boy and um, he's like, you know, can you help me find my friend? I've been out here looking for my friend. I know that you are also looking for your friend. And he kind of knows that she's a Jedi because she's got the the lightsaber and everything there. Um, She is really in her head about this and trying to put on the front that she is tough and that is key Who i'm speaking of and she's like you know yeah i can totally help you out but in her head she's like the force is with me i can do this i can handle all this because just uh two issues ago she was going through her her jedi knight training and she just recently had been knighted so this is kind of her first mission off by herself um they are searching through this field this kind of sinkhole opens up and you kind of get the idea that people may have been like dropping into it so of course the little boy is like well let's just go down there and look (laughs) and he just jumps (laughs) right into the hole and he was like what are you doing and she uses the force and telekinetically catches him and then she like floats down herself and joins him. And he's like, oh, you know, that's crazy. You caught me. And she was like, yeah, you know, you need to be a lot more careful with these things. They start uh, exploring the cave and they find out that their friend who they had been looking, his friend who he had been looking for and one of the Jedi Knight who was on the, uh, the ship with them, one of the twins had also been captured. And they're like a part of this like plant, parasitic thing and they're like having their minds controlled and um kiev is like okay well how do i get them out of this so she actually uses her uh, telekinesis and uses the she floats up the lightsaber to kind of give herself light in this cave while she tries to get them free from this uh this plant debris stuff um and to kind of keep the little boy calm and make him a part of this she tells him hey you know can you hold my lightsaber use it and uh you can't don't swing it or kill anyone just i need you to hold it because i can't hold it up myself forever and he starts to feel like you know maybe i could there's something more with him too um i'm not sure if they if he'll ever later become a jedi or something um but the plant people uh start to like wake up And they are basically mind-controlled. And Keeve is like, what's going on? You know, my friend Tarek, who is uh, the twin, who has also been going through this, like, Jedi Knight process with her, um, he has been controlled by this, like, plant thing. And come to find out that, basically, this plant thing had been basically possessing the barley or, like, kind of putting something in the barley. That's why it hasn't been growing. And the people who have run into it have been, under his influence so um the everyone is like under his influence and uh kiev is like oh my gosh i don't know how to handle all this the plant thing comes to life and is ready to fight her and of course her jedi master this woman comes in and she like slices it all up and she's like you need to be more careful with this and she's like really badass moment (laughs) um uh, if you if you guys are reading this definitely check that out we
2: love a warrior Um, woman
1: yeah you know i love that and, um, yeah, so then because of the connection that Tarek and Serect have with each other, those two twins, um, he the one twin being possessed actually ends up affecting the other twin back on the ship. And he starts going crazy and attacking, um, like, the one-armed master. So uh, that's kind of where the issue ends. So we'll see what happens next. But, like, things are really ramping up in this. I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. this, this miniseries, so I highly recommend it. Um, I would give this particular issue, um, I don't know, we have to come up with like a cooler rating system, but for now I would okay. give it like, I would give it like a 3.5 out of five. Some okay. of them was really cool. Some of the them was really cool. Um, but you know, I'm going to need more Jedi stuff <laughs> than them just okay. being on a planet, you know, fighting this random plant creature. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So next up is Noctera number one um so i did not read this so Keenan, tell us about it
2: oh my gosh okay so um noctera so this was actually kind of fun it's from scott snyder and tony daniel it's an image series um new number one that just came out so basically i'm gonna give you kind of like the abridged version of this world there was like this big massive event called they call it like the big pm where basically like the sky goes dark sun's gone world's completely dark and the darkness kind of starts to affect all the creatures in the world and they kind of become these like mutated monsters. And it also starts to end up affecting humans who also like come in contact with the monsters. And so like all these different branches of monsters are going around and you can kind of start to see when it's affecting people because their gums start to turn black. So of course light affects all of these things. And so there are these people who drive these big 18 wheelers to transport people or things from one place to another inside of the truck. It's, all these different types of lights um the drivers themselves are equipped with like equipped with like flares and other types of weapons to help them so there's the girl the main character of the story she used to be blind and she suffered from cataracts and so she talks about how like when she was younger she would get glimpses of things and then it would turn dark so she always kind of saw it as like fingers coming over your eyeballs. And she got corrective surgery to fix it when she was five. Then she got adopted by this family. And, you know, she was seeing for all these years. And so then she talks about how when the sky went black again, she was like, that's what I'm used to. She, there was this moment where she said she cried when she first started seeing again. And because she knew that the world that she was seeing full of color and life was fake and that the real world was like full of darkness. She's got some issues um nonetheless so So, um nonetheless her brother her adoptive brother who's a little black boy um he's kind of like the little science guy of the family he creates these little texts and gadgets for her to use that he makes this prism that like shoots off this light to help her fight the monsters and while he's doing all of this we come to find out his gums are turning black So he's like infected by whatever's going on out here in the world, she's freaking out. All the while, while this is going on, there's this old dude who's come up to her and he's like, hey, I need you to take me and my daughter to this place. I'll give you all this money and it's very special. And she's like, how do I know you're legit? He shows her his arm, he's got sunburn. And he's like, okay, like, she's like, I need to get my brother out of here because they regularly check people in this world to like see if their gums are black because obviously if they are, you're about to turn to a monster and it's like, we gotta kill you so she eventually accepts the job from this old guy grabs her brother they go off some like shadow man appears and goes to the teller who gives her her rides he's like i need you to tell me where that truck is going and so like all the other truckers are like absolutely not like who are you we don't bang we don't do that we don't give our tags out that's our girl he attacks one of the guys and he lets them know he's like look I'm not after your homegirl. She's fine. I don't want the truck driver. He's like, I want the guy who she's taking. And they're like, why? And he's like, well, that's the guy who killed the son. And he's like, so you guys should all actually help me go get him so we can make him pay. And so then all like the truckers rally around him and the issue ends. Ooh, okay. Really nice. Okay. What would you give it? I would give it a. I'd give it a four out of five. I think. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I I honestly really enjoyed the issue a lot. Uh, you know me. I love some monster mess going on, a world full of darkness. Like, these are things that fall right up my alley. So you I'm do have into a monster. It. You know? Um, <laughs> Tony Daniels' art is pretty cool. He's, he, he's kind of an art I go um, up and down on sometimes, I think, depending on the work, but I think it all fits really well here. The colors are nice, again, because this world is entrenched in darkness. You're getting a lot of light-based panels and high-coloring. You know, you got to show that the people are like surviving somehow. I'm interested in like the monster bits. They talk about how the humans who have merged with the monsters or become monsters have like mutated themselves. So they're like different types. Some are more alert than others. There are like colonies of them and the place where they're going, they're supposed to be a high colony of human monster hybrid things. So it's fun. I love some horror in my comics, so I'm all in. I'm definitely going to stick with it.
1: Okay, nice. Definitely check that out y'all if y'all are into that. Uh... The horror and monsters and all that kind of stuff um (laughs) definitely get into that all right um next up is this will be interesting it's dc infinite frontier number zero now i did read this did you read this i did yeah um
2: everything old is new again that's basically
1: i mean that's pretty much dc's like (laughs) their whole go-to
2: now so you know, Basically, the whole premise of this is Diana kind of goes through this, whatever, with Spectre, seeing all her friends and family and loved ones throughout the multiverse and what they've been doing. It's very reminiscent of um, Wally West going through the multiverse in DC Rebirth.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot he did that. This is the yeah. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's exactly the same thing. Um, I will say, though, that I honestly think the Rebirth issue was stronger. But again, I mean, we've said this multiple yeah. times before. DC is great at hyping something. And like kind of like pushing this on you is like it's a big brand new thing. I think the difference with Frontier for me is that Again, everything old is new again and it still feels like DC is saying, yeah, we're going to introduce all these new things and these new concepts and we're going to move all this stuff around, but all the stuff that we also have is still here as well. And honestly, like I'm okay with it at this point. I actually think the ability to pick and choose characters from like different points of their continuity is fine because me personally, there's a couple of there who I would like to see come back who don't really have any other way to come back without that. Mm -hmm. And- um, I mean, this gave me Jade and obsidian and yeah then, like you know. <laughs> we talk about a city in plenty of times and you know i do think there were also some other positives in there like the whole thing of the amazons with uh nubia becoming queen of the amazons and showing that hippolyta you know she's about to go out and take the place of wonder woman out there and that but i think again for these type of things it's while it's great to see these fun teases of what might be um what can come you kind of look at DC solicitations in the future and it's still very much what we always know. It's a lot of Batman stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's like, great, it's fine. If you want to open up um, Pandora's box and say, everything is here and we can do this stuff, let's do it. But you have to actually go full force with it or else it doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah, I thought this issue was interesting um, to see what they were kind of setting up going towards the future. I will admit to being bamboozled and tricked. I was (laughs) under the impression (laughs) that you know diana was going to ascend and become the new specter or whatever uh that's kind of what i was under the impression because she wasn't going to be wonder woman anymore it seemed like but i guess that's not the case because it ended with her like declining the offer to become the specter and she has this i wouldn't necessarily say newer because it looked like the same kind of costume she had on
2: i think it's um like
1: during endless winter um But I, mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Um, but it looked very much like that same costume she had before. So I don't know where she's going afterwards. We did get a glimpse of the Justice League and what's going to happen to them because, you know, Black Adam is joining or Shazadam. Shazadam.
2: <laughs> Why would you start your story out with that? That's awful. Shizadam,
1: you know, I don't not know. A fun name. No, it's not. I don't know. When I was turning the page and that was the first story that they were going to open up with, I was like, what is this? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can get down with all of this. Um, some of the stuff that we're getting out of here was kind of cool. Kind of like you said with, you know, Nubia being the queen of the Amazons and uh, the Yara stuff was cool. I am excited that we got uh, Obsidian and Jade back and it looks like they're probably going to be used going forward. Like I said, I'm am a I'm a Jade fan. Um, I know you love Obsidian, so that'll be cool. Um, didn't really care for Star Girl. Sorry, yeah, I <laughs> skim past that. I was like, oh, I don't really care about that. And um, the stuff that they were doing with Superboy, uh, Jonathan Kent, was interesting, I guess, because it did the way that they talked about him not having a place <laughs> makes a lot of yeah. sense because he really doesn't. Um, but they talked about you know how much courage and stuff he had. So I don't know. DC, if you're gonna open up the door to just do whatever you want to do, then definitely go for it. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Also, though, like, can we please bring John back to Earth? Because the Green Lantern section here was like, <laughs> it was cool oh, to was see that nice all the moment. lanterns of color. Yeah, I liked that it was, you know, John, um, you know, and Simon um, and Teen and yeah. Although I don't really care about Teen Lantern, but I think that it was cool that they were kind of all together. But damn, he's uh, John is always stuck on Oa. I
2: just wish that he was like yeah. getting
1: some other stuff and getting more cemented in the DC like universe and just always being out in space. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then this kind of ends with with who was the the villain? I guess of all of this, and it was Dark Side. And <sighs> is that all they know? Like Dark Side? <laughs> is it only Dark Side or
2: Brainiac? Those are always going to be your big bad.
1: I feel like we gotta we gotta start like expanding that roster <laughs> because it can't, it can't always be dark side. I understand dark side is, but Dark Side <laughs> it
2: is but
1: Dark Side ain't <laughs> 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 all right. Um, so definitely check that out. I feel like for me, honestly, I would give this issue like a three out of five.
2: Agreed.
1: Yeah. Check it out if you would like to, but because of what they are gonna be going forward, but you really could just jump into whatever DC is planning next after this. Yeah. All right, next up is Swamp Thing number one. Um, So I see Swamp Thing's getting a new relaunch
2: oh my gosh i love swamp thing and i think i've talked about that before i don't really know why i love swamp thing so much i don't know there's just like i don't know either (laughs) i don't know man it's just like a lot of meta commentary about like just humanity and hope and just like life in general that goes on in his stories i'm really into and then he also gives you like some horror vibes and again i'm very into the horror vibes ram v and mike perkins are on this series and yeah oh wait
1: now i do like ram he's good
2: like this is so this one there's actually a new guy as swamp thing and um his name is levy and so basically he's kind of having like these nightmares that revolve around being swamp thing and we kind of see him like being transported to these different places there's also this town that is dealing with its own urban legend of this guy called the pale wanderer where basically he like kills people in the desert and so he's like about to kill the sheriff and the guy levy he kind of transforms into Swamp Thing to like go and protect the guy. And the pale wanderer is like, oh, wow, like you're something more just like I am. And it's like, I'm gonna help you like really embrace what you are. And so he kind of attacks Swamp Thing and like sends him back to where he's going um, or like sends him somewhere else. But the whole thing is like, Levy doesn't really realize what's going on. Again, he's like dealing with all these family issues. His dad just died. He had went back to um, India for a little while to kind of reconnect with his family and his roots and it didn't go the well. He way he thought it was going to so he's dealing with a lot of like personal issues on top of apparently being selected by the green to be the new swamp thing it is very reminiscent i'll say it's like dc's answer to immortal hulk oh wow yeah 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 yeah, yeah. definitely there's like a lot of psychological (laughs) stuff going on there's like some um body horror going on with like the way he transforms into swamp thing and he's kind of like stuck in these in-between phases he's like what's happening to me um mike perkins art is just it's it's good. Like, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I love Swamp Thing. I'm here for it.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, I would give, give us this a rating. four out of five. Oh, okay. Wow. For sure. There was no hesitation with that either. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know you mean it. <laughs> wow. Okay, y'all check out Swamp Thing number one. Um, all right. So up next is King and Black, Wiccan and Hulkling. Now I did not read this because I'm not reading King and Black, and I'm not. I Don't really care about how Wiccan Hulkings. So uh let us know. What's up, Kenan?
2: So I mean oh wait, this no. was a... you know you are a Wiccan stand,
1: and like this is
2: yeah, spotlight so, issue for him, right? Yeah, so <laughs> um <laughs> this issue was written by Teeny Howard, um, art by oh. Luciano and again so Beciano,
1: I think that's like Beci- Machano, yes.
2: Um everybody knows I love Wiccan. That's like not a secret whatsoever. Everybody knows that I'm not a fan of the Hulkling and Wiccan relationship. Um, This issue, I feel is a good example of why. And I'm (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's it's not even anything that it's bad. I will say, first of all, that the art really wasn't to my taste. It's a little bit um, more cartoony and like geared toward a younger age than I'm used to or that I care for. Um, But it is good in its own right. I think this issue, again, shows why Hulkling and Wicking need more stories separate from each other. Even if their relationship is written fine, they're getting along, they're having their little stuff or whatever, anytime you try and get any individuality in one of the characters, it's immediately pulled away because they're back into them as a unit. So it's like, even there are moments where one thing about wiccan is that he really like loves being a superhero like he's wanted to be a superhero forever so he like talks about that he's like oh i get the superhero on my honeymoon and it's like right back after that it's like just something about how he's only doing it like for hulkling or he's like only doing it with hulkling and it's kind of like again these two characters just need to be separate for a little bit to really let them flourish in their personal identities of what they have hulkling i just honestly don't think he's that interesting of a character anyway like, but there is a lot of potential in him being king of space again in a more expanded role. Um, there are some fun things that happen, like we see like tension between Hulkling's kingdom and like the Shiar, and like they're bringing gifts, and they talk about stuff like how you know kings always change and things like that. It's fine. It's like it's Hulkland and it's it's Hokling and Wiccan, but also it's like King in Black. So uh, uh.
1: Oh well, that's upsetting. I know that you love Wiccan, so I was hoping that they at least gave them a spotlight and let them do something and and outside and of a, just being together.
2: <laughs> I think a big thing about them is that there's not and it's like not necessarily that you have to have friction in every relationship, but I think again, the friction that they've ever had has always been more so Hulkling kind of being against anything that Wiccan has ever done. I've said it, he's like a little emotionally abusive and um they just need to be separate for a little bit. Hey, so I thought what was gonna like.
1: happen when um Hulkling became like Space King <laughs> that he's, that he's Wick, That Wiccan was gone. Oh okay.
2: Yeah, and so it's like it's, it's he gave his man a job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, the it's just even when they disagree on something, like I was saying, it's always kind of like Hulkling just being against what Wiccan does and Wiccan just trying really hard to please Hoagling and I really wish that they would give Wiccan a little bit more of like a little bit more pushback to Teddy mm. like no it's like even though I'm using even though I might mess things up with my magic or my reality warping on occasion it's like I am still right like you're not right about everything you don't take charge like you know let Wick, you like
1: know? you want you want what Sue and Redo. do so it's like when Sue steps up and she's like you know no I'm can,
2: yeah, like <laughs> it's it's just like you don't have to do everything because again, their two ideologies ideologies are rather different. So it's like he shouldn't right. just bi- blindly agree with everything that happens. And it's like the fact right. that no one ever kind of does that. It's just like, uh, okay, right.
1: Huh. Okay. Well, what did you give it? A three
2: out of five. Okay. All right. Cool. Just so a solid. It's fine. Again, it's 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 a very middle of the road issue, but it's king and black. So it's like it's not something that I'm r- telling people to rush out and go get
1: yeah Okay, so then that brings us to um, America Chavez made in the USA number one. Now this was another new number one brand new this week. Um, tell us about it, Keenan.
2: So I'm honestly not the biggest America fan i am not either that's why i did not read this (laughs) (laughs) um but i did want to pick this issue up just to you know see what it was giving and it wasn't bad honestly i think if you're an america fan it's definitely something that you should pick up she's kind of going through um she's losing her powers or like her powers are going in and out i'm typically not a huge fan of like stories where characters are losing their powers um we Child, don't really know, you know I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but she's kind of dealing with that. We like see her girlfriend, we see a little bit of Kate Bishop in the story as well. We get some, history. Hey, she's got a girlfriend, yeah. She's, I, I love that the girlfriend. I think the girlfriend's like an agent of Atlas or something like that. Ramona Watts, oh, that's cool, I think it's her oh, I like name. That. Um, and so you get a little bit more backstory on America, like kind of what happens after she left the multiverse world that she was from, when she came to like the main earth, she got found by like this little Afro-Latino black family. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah, and so they like basically raised her. It's really nice. And so she has this app on her phone where she gets updates in case anything's going on where she grew up. And so there's this weird force field around Brooklyn and that's where the family lives. So she has to go back, try and save them. She teams up with Spider-Man for a quick second and they like get into the force field he breaks everybody out. Her family's still stuck in the house. It's on fire. She goes to save them. One of the women gives her a note that was slid under the door right before the fire starts. And it's like, you should keep a better eye on your family, America. There's like this background villain who's kind of like stalking her, makes it seem like they've known each other. They've come across with each other before. I don't know if that's something from her previous series. I didn't really get into that. Um, It was a good issue. Hmm. Again, I feel like if you're an America fan or you have any interest in America, you should definitely pick it up. I'll probably stick with it for the first arc. I can't guarantee that I'll stay with it after that. Again, America's just not really like my kind of character. I'm shocked you don't like her. She reminds me a lot of Carol. <laughs> 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 um, Yeah, I don't know.
1: I I don't know why I never really got too much into her. I think it's because of her abilities. Um, You know, I don't watching, really get down with the multiverse dimension? stuff yeah yeah. (laughs) you know because then it's like what's the point girl you could do anything you could just jump from multiverse and just start it all over so i don't know i was never really drawn into her powers um and she is a lot more let me just punch my way through this than than carol (laughs) you know not too much more (laughs) but a little bit more
2: um yeah there were definitely some Carol-like features. Um, America fans, <laughs> I'd give it a, I'd give it a three point five out of five. Okay, very solid issue builds up the mystery. Um, I think it does the good job. I, I, I'm not the best expert on if it captures America's voice.
1: Okay, um, I was gonna ask do you, think it like kind of re-emphasizes what her
2: voice should be or is? It's very different from the Young Avengers series that she okay you know um but again you can kind of attribute that to she's been through more adventures she's had a couple series and miniseries she's probably grown since then so she shouldn't really talk like that anymore
1: yeah and we've talked about the young avengers before um we had that young avengers uh rereading stuff and like america and all of them or whatever i feel like they have all kind of grown beyond that now um Like seeing them again as the young Avengers would probably be a little weird unless the mission statement called for it because they've all kind of just moved they're older now, you know. Yeah. And whatever sense you want to call that in the Marvel Universe with that sliding time scale. But
2: I don't, I don't think, think I think if they came back together, you can't they can't be the young Avengers anymore. They'll just be the Avengers.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. Speaking of more young kids, that brings us to Runaways number thirty-four, um, which has been like a pretty highly
2: acclaimed series. I feel like i always see great things about yeah. about this I'm, book. Um, I'm like mildly interested in the runaways. I read a couple of, the, you know, I read the like original series and I've gone back and yes, forth same. and read some of the other stuff. Um, I only picked this issue up because Pixie was in it. And Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like basically, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Um, but basically <laughs> Wolverine and Pixie have, well, Pixie received a distress call from a mutant that said they wanted to come to Krakoa and then like immediately backtracked on it said never mind don't come here so they assume it was molly and like the runaways changed her mind so they come to like get her but realize it's not really her so now they got to go search for this other mutant um pixie and nico kind of have a little moment that's cute um it's fun because the artist draws wolverine's height correctly so he's like oh that's
1: great he's probably like yeah. looking pixie right now <laughs> yeah
2: he's actually shorter than pixie it's great <laughs> um, and like there's this like cute scene with he and Molly where he like tries to pick her up to take her through a gate and she like rustles him down and she like, picks him up instead and he's holding on her and she's holding on to him so it's like cute um that's I can cute. see why a make, lot of people do they make like it through the... the gate so they actually don't go through like they get trapped in like this weird magical anti-dimension type of oh, situation damn. thing. Okay. Um, and they gotta fight their way out. And I think it's gonna carry on into the next issue where okay. they're going to, like, decide if Molly goes through the gate, find out the other meeting. It's a cute, fun issue. I can I can totally see why people like this book and Rainbow Rowell's um, rendition of the characters. There's a lot of heart in it and a lot of really, like, deep characterization. Like, even kind of Nico, she's, like, giving Pixie a little bit of attitude. She's like, you just roll up in our house. You don't know us. You're saying all this stuff about us. Like, church, <laughs> oh, I, I like that, like, yeah. Well, yeah, she's like, what's going on? And Pixie's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's good. fun. Okay. Four, four out of five. Pixie, pixie elevates it. Will you sure. go back and read the other issues? I'm thinking about it. I did ask on Twitter and a lot of people said that they recommend um, it. Like, like you even said, it's it's been a very highly regarded series.
1: Yeah. You know, shout out to Marvel Unlimited
2: for do, being able to like, you know, check out a lot of these books. Who, yeah, because it's like maybe like there interesting yeah. issue.
1: Ooh. See, that's yeah. why it took a while for me to catch up with Daredevil. I'm still like working my way through, but <laughs> I'm gonna get there. <laughs> um all right next up is i know an issue you have been like really excited for and that is x-men demon days number one. Uh, oh, this was so good yeah this was so uh, good so
2: it's like it's not even really too much to talk about it's a reimagined tale of the x-men from uh peach momoko you know i've spoken about peach momoko like multiple times she was like one of my tops of the year last year and she's just great like definitely like great art great writing the story's adapted it's fun it's different it just re again it just reimagines the um ex characters in like this kind of feudal Jap- japan world and there's the main character who's based on psylocke her name is Sai. there's versions of like danny moonstar uh colossus the oni there's like this little one of jubilee called juju and she's like a sorceress type of situation and she has these little bombs that go off that make giant fireworks? It's like really fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, the art's great. Motive and Peach is actually continuing this series. The next one, I believe, is um Black Widow based, and it's gonna have like a oh, little bit cool. of it yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's gonna keep going. I think it's gonna be like five issues. So it's definitely something I recommend to pick up. I would get five out of five.
1: Oh wow, five out of five. Goddamn. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
2: Peach deserves this. Is a, this is a Peach momoko stand account for sure.
1: All right. I know that's right. Yes. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed that book, though, because I was worried that, you know, sometimes when they base stuff off of a character that you really like, it don't always go that well. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that they, you know, is it was it based off of Psylocke or Bessie specifically? Or did it really even matter?
2: It, it, I don't think it's like it's just like kind of an amalgamation of all of them. Um, OK. Like I said, when she introduced herself, she introduced herself. Her name is Psy. Okay. And that's, and like she's, she has this wolf that she walks around with. His name is Logan. I love that.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good. <laughs> that's really cute. Um, bringing back those Magipore days. Um, I, I maybe I have to check it out. I love, I like, Japanese stuff like that. So I think that that'd be really cool, especially with they're all like, just like, it's like an Elseworlds kind of reimagining. Yeah. And, and that's my okay. thing. It's
2: really just like if you go into it really just anticipating and knowing that there's just like an Elseworlds thing, it doesn't really matter to the main continuity. Like you're not looking for any type of connectivity. It's great. <laughs> well, they fight a Venom type of monster in it and like wow the re- king and black made it over Look, there that's exactly what i said i was like i can't even escape it in an elseworlds book Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> why, why is this everywhere it's everywhere i was Damn. like are you
2: kidding me right now um but it's still a really fun story
1: okay we'll check that out child. Um, all right and the last book of the week um, is Hellions number 10. And this was written by Zeb Wells with art by uh, Steven Segovia. And um, I mean, I can't like, I don't it's know what else book. to say about the book <laughs> at this point, you know. I feel like I sound like a broken record, but Hellions has really been a top like X book for me. Um, the writing is great. The character development is great. This issue also brought back Arcade and really I love kind game. of made him scarier, you know? Um, Which has always... been like
2: a thing that people have been doing. It seems like every time someone writes Arcade, especially since the um, Avengers Arena days, like the goal is just yeah. to make him like even more menacing and terrifying.
1: Yeah. I feel like um, Arcade is a character that was probably just kind of fun and kind of hokey in the beginning, you know, when he first came out with, with entrapping the X-Men in the Pinball Machines. Um, definitely recommend everyone going back and rereading that issue because my girl Polaris came in and saved the X-Men. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like you can kind of look at him as just a joke because he was just trapping X-Men in these pinball machines and he was supposed to be this kind of fun, campy kind of character. But every time they use him now, they keep the camp with what he's doing, but his motives are way more no pun intended sinister Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you know in this issue he has sinister locked up um, with power dampeners everywhere and he so sinister can't really use his powers and arcade basically wants to cut a deal with sinister and have sinister create a mutant for him to have in his arcade you know you can't have a murder world without bodies to murder so uh sinister wants him to make some I'm, I'm sorry arcade wants sinister to make mutants for him to use in his murder world um and currently he has his hellions in these on their own like i guess murder arcade rooms i guess you can
2: kind of call them yeah you know, um their own little fantasy worlds that are kind of going to torture them at the end
1: yeah, and he's got a mastermind using his illusion powers to kind of make the the rooms feel a lot more alive for them and really trap them in his his funhouse of horrors. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you kind of you really go through this and you see that he is not playing games around this time and sinister does end up, you know, cutting the deal and saying that he will make the bodies for him. And while this is all going on, we witness all of the different illusions that the rest of the Hellions are experiencing. You know, uh, Sila Conan, is, is having a, a dream about her daughter. And um, you can kind of see that she's, like, breaking out of that illusion because she's, she should be, you know, she's a telepath. Um, so she's kind of breaking out of it and she's asking her daughter, what is your name? And the daughter won't answer. And, of course, yeah. she ends up being attacked by this, Betsy Bot. Betsy Bot. <laughs> uh, with, with the Mojo eyes. Um, Iconic. Yeah, which is probably what Conan saw, you know, when at the time, because didn't Betsy have Mojo eyes at the time when the switch happened, right? Yes, she did. Yeah, so that would make sense that this would be like the nightmare that she has that's kind of chasing her through this.
2: Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that.
1: Um, and then you have uh, a Grey Crow kind of reliving his army days, or not really his army days. He recalls when he kind of slaughtered the marauders um, in the mutant massacre. Um, I d- I wasn't really sure what was going on with Wild Child and his illusion.
2: That was, um, and I believe that was Romulus from Daniel Way's X Men run.
1: Oh yeah,
2: it was not good.
1: Oh yeah. oh yeah Yeah. I forgot about that Yeah, um, I remember now I I was about to say you (laughs) were (laughs) better off forgetting so that makes sense now and uh, then you had in a different room with uh, uh, Manuel de la Rocha with uh, uh, why can't I think of his name what is his code name empath yeah sorry Um, (laughs) and just like I don't know that scene with him was just like he does not care about people and is yeah. very broken. Uh, um, he is he's really messed, messed up. up, and you go through his. Like, the illusion is clearly trying to break him of when he was a child, but he is so e- evil. I don't want to call him evil because, yeah. well, no, he's evil. He's <laughs> he a little evil. It's all right. I think he yeah, he's, he's evil. he's so evil that like this illusion of his childhood doesn't bother him because he is remembering how he used to use and, and change the emotions of all those people around him and make them do all these evil things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Empath is really messed up in the head. Um, and we have Havoc, you Speaking know... Speaking of messed up people. Child. Uh, <laughs> Havoc mm-hmm. is having a whole, uh, you know, fantasy about Madeline Pryor, who is the clone of Jane Grey, a.k.a. like his brother's what? wife... so like it's like it's
2: weird like it's weird
1: (laughs) he's got some problems and i thought it was really funny though that because of the illusions that are being done by mastermind and it's still murder world that some of it is also technology so he is making out with a robot even though (laughs) (laughs) and they're all watching it on the screen and sinister is like uh can you turn my chair around so i don't have to watch him make out with this robot (laughs) um so I thought that that was really cool. Um so I love this issue. Fantastic issue. I would give it a still a 4 out of 5, maybe even a 4.5, but
2: yeah. I, mean, I can I agree say a 4. Yeah. I can agree with the 4 out of 5 for sure. Um again, Wells continues to inject a really nice balance of like humor, action, kind of serious tone. I think the part about Silock 2 when she was breaking through with the daughter and she asked her like what's your name? And the daughter didn't, couldn't say anything. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. stuff like that. It's like, that was a really poignant moment. And she kind of calls out to John when the Betsy bot comes and gets her. Um, really good stuff. Like this book. Yeah. I enjoy it.
1: Yeah. I understand the whole continuing stuff. of uh, The whole eyed motif with Conan, but I'm glad that they're trying to give her her own stories and her own feelings. You know, currently anyway, we, she was always yeah. her own separate character, but I'm glad that they've kind of modernized her stuff there where she has her, her own sense of self. And she's more than just the mantle of Psylocke, you know? Um,
2: The daughter bit is also really nice. I kind of like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely highly check that out. And all right. So let's take a break. And, you know, speaking of mantles and passing that on, let's take a break and then we'll come back for the panel.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, guys, and welcome back for the Sidekick panel. And we have a very special guest with us today: comic book writer Jordan Clark. Hey. Jordan,
0: how's it How are you going everybody?
2: today? I'm
0: doing good. You know, I feel like uh, as weird as as weird as this last year and so has been. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, finally getting the handle on things. Hopefully, when this is like, we're, it's ending, right? So, like, I'm, yeah. it's, it's a little late. To, to get it all together, but um, <laughs> right. you, you know, still like, I feel like I've, I've started to find some kind of balance. So I'm, I'm yeah. doing pretty good.
2: No, I mean, that's good. We are all officially one year into the pandemic. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> that wild. So, you know, I think just hats off to everyone for like that. Like you say, it is kind of like seemingly coming to an end, but it's also, we've gotten used to it now. Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> we know how to work. Yeah. Um, but with all that, we're super thankful to have you one with us. Um, everybody, this is super special for me. Jordan wrote Aquaman, and he wrote the, let me tell you, so the entire time <laughs> this book was coming out, every week, those two issues, like, hit. I was sitting on here telling him. I was like, you guys need to pick this book up. Like, it's like, really constantly. good. <laughs> I, was like, it's like, I was like, it's really good. And I was like, so now we have these two issues focused on Aqualad, who LZ and I have discussed. We've decided that DC kind of like stole my likeness to create Aqualad. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, no, I was a huge Aquaman fan. And so they created like this little black gay guy. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And <laughs> so I was like, he's got these two issues and they are amazing. And so I was like, this is right i was like we have to get him on we have to talk to him we gotta do that so go ahead jordan tell people about you and who you are welcome
0: (laughs) well yeah thank you so much for having me on it's great to be here uh yeah my name is jordan clark i'm a comic book writer uh i've been writing for it feels like a while now uh you know probably about like seven eight years um you know doing like self-published independent stuff and then kind of slowly you know working my way up into things so um, I just like the first big published thing I ever did was for for Bitch Planet, uh the triple feature
1: anthology. Um, and then since then, you know, I, I, read, I read that I was a big fan of <laughs> it's a great I almost, series. Had a non- I almost got a non-compliance tattoo like back in the day when I was in college and everything. So I was playing <laughs> <of this> Planet. <laughs> well that's the
0: thing. Like to to be able to to work on something like that, which you know has such a, a big and like passionate fan base, you know what I mean? Like it's it's only been, I think, maybe nine or ten issues, you know, total. Mm-hmm. But like the impact that it had and the way that, you know, people responded to it um you know getting a chance to be a part of it was a big honor but it was also like you know like kind of like a make or break situation where it's like man I hope I don't screw this up because <laughs> <laughs> right. like, you know if you if you don't do it right people who love this series will tell you about it so you know I I was grateful that I was able <laughs> to be a part of it but also you know it felt good that it, the story was so well received so um you know since then I've I've, I've worked on a few other you know smaller things uh you know some more self-published stuff um and then this past year you know i got the chance to do those two stories for dc uh which was great and like a whole you know dream come true kind of situation and especially to get to do it with with jackson who i think is such a great character but also like you know a really important character in terms of you know representation in, in general um and specifically in terms of um you know, I think a little, little, little spoiler for what we're going to talk about in a bit is just in terms of, you know, characters kind of assuming, uh, you know, the mantles like sidekicks, you know, kind of moving out of that space into their own space, um, you know, because there's not really any characters like Jackson that I can think of in the DC universe, like, even when I was coming up and and trying to think of like uh him as a as a superhero and and kind of the space that he occupies like you know he's he's black so you know there are other superheroes that he can look up to and like you know mr terrific and steel and john stewart and black lightning and all these people uh but there's not you know the 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 number of gay characters the number of like you know out gay superheroes is, is is smaller and they Number of out gay black superheroes, I think, is zero. <laughs> <So, laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that <talking> about right.
3: <laughs>
0: so, about it. you know, it's kind of like, man, like I wonder what that's like for him because, you know, obviously he is, you know, he was part of Teen Titans and you, know, you kind of got a little more of the spotlight within the actual, like, literal world of DC. You know, like I'm sure mm-hmm. kids in the world of DC were looking at him and saying, like, oh, like you know, this person's, you know, like me, like he's. he's representing me. And, um, you know, for him, you know, that's, that's a lot, right? That's probably a lot of pressure. Like, it's a lot of pressure to like be that, but then also to possibly become Aquaman one day um, is, is is a lot of stuff. So, for, I mean, for me, it was, it was a great experience to be able to write that story. Um, and then on the back end, you know, the response to the story, I, I thought was great because, you know, I, I did get a lot of people who were telling me like, you know, man, I've been reading comics since I was like 12 years old, and this is the first time like I saw myself, you know, in a, in a superhero, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, yeah. that's <laughs> that that means a lot." So, um, you know, I'm still I'm still working on stuff. <laughs> you know, hopefully, <laughs> got got more things coming. But uh, I guess that's me, you know, thus far.
2: I love it. Let me tell you, I just got some chill right now I'm <laughs> because uh, reading uh, the Aquaman issues with Jackson kind of featuring, you know, I get that about seeing you. I often talk about the scene where he was kind of coming out to the Met grandfather Mm -hmm. and he like paused a little bit in that. And I think about, you know, my own coming out phase it was so funny with strangers. Like it was nothing. It was like, Oh yeah, I'm gay. Da, da. But when I actually had to come up to people like my grandmother and my family, like you kind of took that pause and it was just like, Oh wait, you know, how are you going to react? Especially with someone like Jackson when he told his mom and his dad, like they both kind of gave him negative feelings about yep. it or didn't care. And here he has yet another family member who he's meeting kind of for the first time and saying like, Oh, this is me. How will they react? So it was like, yeah, I feel that
0: well and and especially too like it, it was it was kind of weird to write because i had to think about it from the perspective of you know it's it's his grandfather but it's also like an artificial intelligence yeah uh, and also like he's been dead for i don't know how long you know like, like forever <laughs> you know so um you know i think it's it's one of those things specifically speaking about it you know from you know, a black perspective in that, um, you know, any time anybody comes out across the board, you know, like it's it's a big a moment in their life. And, and oftentimes, you know, it can be difficult to talk about that stuff with family. Um, but, you know, just in my head, the, the, the person I had constructed as, you know, Jesse, the grandfather was like, you know, he was a very, he was in the military, you know, he was a, like a church going, you know, very conservative kind of like respectability politics, kind of guy and so like you know in his mind never having met his grandson before like oh man you know like those those feelings that you have when it's like I hope my kid is like this or I hope my grandkid is like this you know and like all the things that I like I hope they like I hope they like cars I hope they like fishing and we can talk about girls we can do this we could do that and then you know they're going down the line of like oh let me try to relate to you you know in this way or that way and like Oh, well, we don't have any of these things common, but like maybe you have a girlfriend, and we can talk about that. And then you know that, that's kind of the last line where it's like, no, <laughs> like, that's, not, <laughs> that's not me, you know. And and it's and it's that kind of moment of of, you know. At first, Jesse is kind of very like, it's not even that he doesn't take it well, but it's just like I this is not what I was expecting at all. Like I don't know who this person yeah. is. Like I have no idea how to relate to this this kid like everything that i thought would be you know a, a unifying thing between us is now kind of like there's a gulf between us like, i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. what to do and then you know by the end of it you know he comes around um but you know i did want to have you know that moment in there because um one i mean you know i, I wanted jackson to be relatable and feel relatable and, and you know kind of have those experiences that i mm-hmm. think you know readers can relate to um but then on the flip side of it i did want him to have um you know like fun and like have you know like a, a little a little romance going on like all this other stuff you know because I think um so many times with the with the black experience and then with the queer experience you know we get a lot of the 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 struggle and a lot of the 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 tough times and you know those are important because it's relatable and it's our story. um But at the same time, you know like we like we we have fun too. <laughs> we,
2: have we have we
0: have we get-
2: like, yeah. we, we go out to party and do all that stuff just like everybody else does. Yeah. So, you know,
0: having those, I, I think having that kind of balance of, like, you know, here's here's something that's, you know, maybe a, a difficult, you know, side of, of that queer experience. But then also, like, here's a good thing, too. Like, here's, you know, here's potential romance and love and all that. So. I love that.
1: Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that authenticity you kind of gave to Jackson. We've talked about it um, quite a few times on on this show about how we want that representation but we want it to also feel authentic and uh not every coming out story is you know i come out and everybody accepts it and this is great mm-hmm. you know kind of parade for for that character or for that person so i appreciate the authenticity <laughs> that you give it yeah, <laughs> because it makes it feel more relatable
0: yeah and i think Jackson is a character that you know hopefully going forward um you know gets to represent you know the fullness of his identity and, and is able to be uh you know black queer uh and and a hero you know he gets to do all those things because you know he's obviously you know that the other wrinkle in the whole thing is he, he's also the son of black manta one of the most notorious supervillains in the entire yes. dc universe and so like he's, he's he's grappling with a lot he's struggling with a lot but i feel like the spirit of jackson and just like that that desire to be um to be himself, but also, you know, like, I think he, I think he understands, you know, the responsibility that he has, you know, to to different communities. And I think he wants to live up to that, you know, and and I think having him be somebody who can, you know, kind of represent and balance, you know, his, his, the multiple identities he contains, um, you know, in a positive, because I think that's the other thing is sometimes when we talk about positive representation, um, it means like exceptionalism, which is a little like that's, that's not relatable. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like we all aspire to be great and we all aspire to be the best that we can be. But at the same time, like, you know, you might want to be Beyonce, but like, what I'll be all Beyonce. You, you know, you, know, <laughs> you might want to be Oprah, you might want to be Barack, you might want to be these people like, and it's and it's great to aspire to that, but not all of us are going to be that. And mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, like, I think we, we should all, you know, have these spaces that we can exist in where we we, we have value. know and have love and have all of these things and it it doesn't matter if we're the most successful people of all time um you know like our lives still matter and 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 there's still value to us so you know like having him be somebody who maybe he's not like a perfect person you know like we all have our flaws but um you know he's still somebody who can be you know a positive representation representation both in the actual you know dc universe and then you know outside for
2: for people reading the stories yeah amazing and so you know, kind of segwaying away from Jackson into just the sidekicks in general, is that something that you kind of take with them all? Do you have any other favorites that you feel as though have that bit of representation and that need to surpass just beyond looking, being looked at as being someone who should be exceptional or any other? Uh, I mean,
3: there's
0: there's, there's probably gonna be a theme here. (laughs) Um, Cause I was thinking about it before, you know, I came on and I mean, there's, there's a few characters that I look at that, you know, I would love to see m- more done with them, like just in general, you know, but yeah. like also a continuation of the storylines and, and their history. Cause I think it could be just a really cool story in general and, the, and one of them that comes to mind, not specifically a sidekick, I guess probably more of like a legacy character, um, is Eli Bradley, uh, Patriot, oh, yeah. um, who, like, <laughs> you know, it's interesting to see kind of the um, the continued evolution of the Captain America character, because, you know, obviously, Steve Rogers, and then Bucky was Captain America for a while, and then Sam Wilson was Captain America for a while. Um, and then, uh, you know, in the in the far, far future, uh, you know, Danny Cage, uh, you know, Luke Cage's daughter is Captain America. And um, you know, we've had all these different things, but when you get back to, like, the original Captain America, you know, Isaiah Bradley, um, you know, and just kind of the way that his story played out, you know, I feel like having Eli take the mantle of Captain America proper would be such a powerful thing just because, you know, it was like his his grandfather got to be Captain America in, like, a very, like, closed off away from the, it's like a secret, you know, that he was Captain America. Yeah. Um and, you know, just the experiments that were done on him and all that stuff is like, you know, a, a terrible thing. So for him to be able to assume the mantle of Captain America and kind of reclaim his family's history uh, and kind of set things right, I guess, in a way, you know, like actually being the Captain America. Cause I think, you know, I love Sam Wilson and I, I don't think Sam Wilson is like bad in any way, but I do get, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, cause it's not that Sam like has any kind of like respectability politics, you know, going on? But I feel like Sam is a little bit more like specifically in the MCU. I don't think it's Anthony Mackie's fault, but I feel like you know he's kind of been like the his his only real agency has just been like Captain America's like we're going to do this and he's like I'm down for whatever, oh, yes. for whatever you want to do, Cap. Yeah. Like you got it, I'm, I got your back, you know, whatever. Um, and we've never really seen him be like I don't know about that, Cap, or like just no, right? Like I'm not doing yeah. that. Um, and I feel like Eli is definitely somebody who would just be like, no, <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is not, I'm, I'm going to define what Captain America is and who Captain America is, you know, for, for me and my generation. Um, so I think it would be great to see him kind of assume that mantle. Um, I also feel like, and this is, I don't think this is a controversial one per se, but I think it's a character that people, I get the sense that a lot of people don't like. <laughs> people, <Uh-oh. laughs> uh, people it's, I get the, I get this. People don't like Wallace West, um, who Uh, is like, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with him. And like, I understand.
2: So, my thing is like, sometimes I'm not going to lie to you, Jordan. Sometimes I feel like (laughs) DC doesn't like Wallace West. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've seen a lot of people who say they actually really like Wallace. And I just feel like DC, I don't know. It's just like you said, he's, he's had a little bit of a rocky road there.
0: Well, and you know, to, It it, he didn't ask to be created like (laughs) (laughs) So I I feel like a lot of characters, you know, there's there's not really any bad characters. It's just kind of what you do with them and how you present them, Um, you know, and he's kind of in a weird space because he's the Flash. Right. He's Kid flash. But then there's like the not even just the lineage, but also like the pecking order. Right. Like Barry. Right. And then Mm -hmm. Wally is always going to be next. and then, ooh, why am I blinking on um, Bart? Bart, uh, you know, and that's that's kind of what it is, right? It's Barry, it's Wally, it's Bart, you know. And then Wallace yeah. is like over here somewhere, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, just like the the idea of him becoming Flash, because I feel like that's kind of like him and Duke are kind of in the same space. Where I don't yeah. know if Duke is ever going to become Batman, and I don't know if Wallace is ever going to become like the Flash. Um, but I think there's definitely space for him to be something else, like his own character kind mm-hmm. of come into, like, like you know, Dick Grayson did with Nightwing, like, you know, he did become Batman, he became something else, um, which is kind of like parallel, but but kind of its own thing. Um, and the, the last one I'll throw out there is, is I really want, I really want a Natasha Irons, like, everything. Okay. I feel All like right.
1: You, know? you are speaking <laughs> all of Kevin's and McKinney's <laughs> like, perfumes right now.
0: <laughs> like, oh, wow.
2: I'm loving this. <laughs> Please, well, continue, continue. Well,
0: because well, she's somebody who, won. I feel like has constantly just gotten lost in the shuffle. Like, they'll they'll yes. pull her out every once in a while, you know, specifically with steel, you know, like, mm. uh, never just kind of on her own. But, again, i just thinking of, like, this, the general landscape of DC and kind of the things that are missing, like, having an out female character who is definitely um got she's got her own history right you know just in terms of um coming up you know as under steel and and kind of like you know she because she's had those moments where she's been you know her own hero and she's kind of been out there doing her thing and then you know she's come back to be basically steel sidekick you know more or less um but yeah, like I would, just, I would love to see you know a situation where, again, does she become Steel proper? I don't know. Like I don't think it's it's necessary for that to happen, but like for her to just kind of step out and be her own thing and kind of have her own have her own series, but also kind of establish herself in a way that, you know, like what you saw with with Barbara Gordon when she went to to Burnside, or you know when you you've seen, um, you know, kind of other characters kind of step out. Like let her leave Metropolis and go somewhere else, go to the West Coast, go somewhere, um, and kind of just establish herself, because she's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, she is, she
2: really is, and like you said, she's got a lot of history in DC, and she has kind of navigated a lot of different spaces, working with steel, kind of being with the Titans, you know, she had that thing where she was on the Luther program, when they mm-hmm. did the Metagene. you know, there's just a lot, and you feel like, so like you said, they kind of bring her out, for a little second and then it's like they just pull it right back <laughs> <laughs> um but
0: i mean i'll leave it at those three for now because i do want to hear what you guys if you guys have any specific ones that you're
1: you're thinking about
2: i'll let lz start i know he looks oh yeah <laughs> you know i do
1: <laughs> so like i feel um so i've been like thinking about this obviously for this and um <clears throat> i feel like there's a lot of sidekicks out there who don't necessarily need to take the mantle, per se, Um, kind of like what you were saying with Natasha, where it's she doesn't necessarily have to become steel proper, but she is something where she can become her own thing and whatever that may be with the story could tell. And I feel like there is a lot of that on the D.C. side, but I feel like on the Marvel side, there's a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, more so recently, um, I've been looking at uh, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. And... I feel like she actually has kind of changed that whole. I'm going to kind of strive to take over this mantle versus uh, I'm going to change what this mantle actually means. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like when Carol was Ms. Marvel and uh, Keenan keep the shade light. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> when when Ca- <laughs> when when Carol was Ms. Marvel, um, she was heroic but not necessarily um, kind of altruistic in a way um you know she's more just trying to punch some things (laughs) and uh i feel like ms marvel kind of created this hero in her head that she could kind of aspire to be with carol and not really even knowing carol so when she actually started to meet her and get herself around her she probably realized you know she is a superhero however i need to be the one to kind of define what ms marvel means and i think that that is something that is fantastic. I think you can totally come in and kind of change what it means for that character's mantle per se. Um, and I think like, she definitely has, has done that because I feel like the, the role of Ms. Marvel was kind of just like a superhero one. Whereas now I feel like that represents this very altruistic, I'm here to just do the best possible to help everyone. And there won't be any kind of, uh, there won't be kind of any hesitation on if I'm going to do the, the right thing because that's what I'm going to do versus, you know, when it was Carol, it was she was going to do what she wanted to do. <laughs> so um, I do think that Ms. Marvel is a great example of of kind of a sidekick character. She's never really been officially Carol's sidekick, per se, um, but she was kind of under her because she took on that mantle. But she really kind of redefined what that what that meant. So. I think that she's a kind of a cool example of kind of a sidekick and kind of breaking out into their own and and kind of defining what they want to be as a as a character.
2: Um I think for me you know, it's honestly probably going to be a character on the DC side. I just, and LZ when I were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think about when I was a teenager and really getting into comics heavily, that early 2000s era was like super sidekick heavy, especially over at DC Comics. You know, you had the resurgence of the Titans and uh, Jeff Johns and, you know, like JSA was going on and bringing in a lot of younger new members. So my big one who I would like to kind of see back and have something done with would be Speedy, Mia Dearden. I think she was a character who was just like very interesting. You know, Judd Winnick introduced her during the Green Arrow run and she was, came out to be like one of the first HIV positive characters in comics. And the story was just like very poignant in a way that she had gone through this hard life. You know, she had found out she had this thing And she kind of just helped it influence her need to be a hero. And, you know, Ollie kind of wants to stop her. And he's like, you know, you got a death wish now. And she's like, no, she's just like, it just makes me realize how much more life is valuable and like how these people need to be helped and they need to be saved. And like, she just had a really good arc even when she joins the Titans and like helps them fight Dr. Light. And like, she has to kind of like come out to them about her status and like how they react. And it's like, it's just the dynamic that you don't really see that often. And it was always very well done, I felt like, in her stories. And I think, you know, she was just one of those characters, as DC kind of did one of their reboots, she just got washed away. And I think they like tried to bring her back in certain ways, but it just never really worked the same. But, you know, with Infinite Frontier and kind of the way Universe works now, they say you can like pluck and pull from whatever, Like, I think this is the perfect time to like really bring her back and kind of do what needs to be done and make her up. She's another one of those characters who I don't actually feel like will ever take the mantle of being Green Arrow. I feel like that with a lot of DC characters, honestly. The sidekicks. I don't think too many of them will ever take that mantle, but it would just would be nice to see that evolution.
1: You know, I feel like it's hard to have a character fully take the mantle from someone unless you have the plans of the original character like being done. (laughs) Because (laughs) I feel like everyone will always kind of be waiting around for that original character to kind of come back. I feel like that is the weight that the sidekick character ends up having on them because when they assume that mantle then it's you know oh this is cool for however long this is going to happen but you know batman is going to come back around you know like when dick grayson was batman for a while he experienced the cowl but we all kind of knew eventually batman was going to come back because doesn't he always <laughs> come back at some point so uh well that was the I- thing. even in that storyline like he wasn't
0: gone like they were doing the batman like comes back from time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> so it wasn't even like he was he was and I think that's it's it's interesting because I think the only time I could really think of that actually happening. Um I guess the, the two times that's ever really actually happened is when uh Barry Allen died the first time and was just gone for years yeah. and just you know, they no nope, we didn't talk about him anymore. <laughs> and then Wally was the flash and then you know they had the whole, the you know, way, return yes. of Barry Allen thing. Um and then, you know, the original Captain Marvel died, like, of cancer, and then it was, yeah. well, I guess, <laughs> Carol is, is Captain Marvel now, yeah. um, you know, but for the <laughs> most part, I think, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of situations where characters, like, it's it's been pretty concurrent, like, when even, like, um, you know, when Jane took over for Thor, like, Odinson was still around, like, he wasn't dead, yeah. he wasn't Thor, um, and, I think you know a really a really great way of doing that is basically Batman Beyond, right? Where like mm. you know Bruce Wayne's too old to be Batman. <laughs> like you can, <laughs> you can complain about it, you know. You can you can say whatever you want about it, but like you know, there's no way that Bruce Wayne, however many years in the future, is still going to be Batman. Um, you know, he drove everybody else away. You know, so like Terry is it? Like Terry's the only one that can can yeah. be around and still be you know Batman. Um, but there's also situations where like you know Miles is Spider-Man and you know Peter is Spider-Man and there's mm-hmm. like going to be multiple Wonder Women now with you know Yara and Diana and Nubia yeah. and um you know I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if you have multiple versions of a character you know around in the same space as long as there's some equity to it like you just can't have somebody like be you know Captain America but like they're only in you know like backup stories or like you kind of see them around sometimes because then it's kind of like well what's the point like why <laughs> why, are, why are they this character if you if you aren't really going to feature them in any way
2: are there any yeah. characters who you kind of feel would benefit from having their role like switched or like that legacy character actually taking the mantle full time just being that one um you
0: know, so I was I was looking because I wanted to get the names right because I, I forget like all of the different <laughs> versions of, of characters. But um, there, I mean, there's two characters in in Marvel uh, that I was like, man, like it would be really cool to see them kind of assume the mantles in a sense because they're not necessarily being used like at okay. the moment. Um, and that's uh, that's Victor Victor Alvarez. Power Man. Power Man. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. You are
1: really kissing all of, Kenan, all yes. of face. Because uh, uh, <laughs> he's, again, he's
0: another really cool, interesting character that, like, you know, for me, I've only, because I haven't read everything that he's been in, but, you know, he's kind of popped up from time to time. Yeah.
2: Um, he's, and, like, really interesting when he does, right? It's, like, right. the powers are kind of cool. It's, like, oh, I'm into this.
0: Well, and, you know, because Luke Cage has kind of, like, moved on from all of that, I mean, not even just being Power Man, but like, he's a father now, like he's basically a full-time Avenger now, like Heroes for Hire is kind of like, he does it sometimes, but not really, it's like a side hustle now. Um, And so, you know, if you kind of let that transition over into, you know, Victor and him kind of putting his own Heroes for Hire team together, you know, like he's done before and let him kind of be the power, like power, cause you know, I mean, again, like Luke Cage maybe he's got a copyright on it. Like maybe he needs a cut, you know, when you like yeah. <laughs> use the name, but like, he's not like, I don't think anybody's called him power man and decades, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, I
3: don't, yeah, it's no. been
0: a minute. So like, you know, there's no reason that Victor can't be power man, um, you know, and kind of take over that, that man. And I think that would kind of help elevate him um, and and put him into, you know, a new position. Cause I think heroes for hire is a, very interesting concept in today's social landscape where it's yeah. like can't call the cops, maybe heroes for hire. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different, you know, look at community policing where it's just like, you know, I mean, we got to cut you a check, but at the same time, like, you know, we feel safer with you, you know, somebody who lives in our neighborhood and kind of understands these situations, um, than you know, calling 911, you know, for just. The various things that people, you know, call nine one one for, like we use the cops Mm -hmm. to do everything. Where really they should only be doing a handful of things. If that, Um, so you know, having the police, but you also can't. (laughs) But it's also like you don't have the Avengers number. Like you just can't call, you know, Captain America if you have an issue. But like you could call Victor and you know, here's for hire. Have them come through and you know handle whatever needs to be handled. Um and then the other character um would be um Tom Foster, who was Bill Foster
2: uh, Giant yeah. man. Yes, yes, wow, yes.
3: <laughs> that's what, thinking. It's, it's the wavelengths, man. I love yeah. it. Um
0: well because it, it's a whole other interesting situation too, right? Because like his his uncle is killed, you know, in civil war, yeah. and then like that's a wrap on him, basically. Like there's never really been a lot of you know follow-up in terms of like not even just the the fallout of his death but like you know did, did they put a giant man statue outside of avengers mansion like did they you mm-hmm. know did he you know because everybody else has come back you know i think that's right kind of the that's weird thing you know and in, in, in the marvel universe you know it's almost become a joke like an in-universe joke of like ah but they'll come back you know i mean like yeah. death is like <laughs> temporary like it's not really You know, specifically in X-Men right now, like, death is nothing. Like, you can die. Like, everybody's coming back. Um, But the fact that, you know, he was killed, you know, in a big superhero. It wasn't like he didn't die fighting supervillains. He didn't die, you know, in some heroic, you know, trying to, like,
1: stop a natural disaster. He was killed by fake Thor.
0: (laughs) You know what Uh, I mean? And And it wasn't
1: even in, like, a side issue. It was in, like, the main, like, Civil War (laughs) event, you know? (laughs) Um, and you know, and Tom's kind of popped up, you know, here or there afterwards. But
0: like, you know, I think it would be great again to see him continue that you know, that family legacy, you know, of being Giant Man. And uh, like, you know, we talk about exceptionalism, but it is really cool to see like black scientists and black like, you know, like Blue Marvel yeah. is great, and like, you know, all these other yeah. characters are, are awesome when they're they're able to kind of use those, you know, abilities. Um, you know, not only just to do superhero stuff, but also to do stuff, you know, in the community and like help with like real world issues. Um, So I think it would be great to kind of see him take over. Cause again, I mean, there's, there is a giant man right now. um, And I feel like he also gets shortchanged. Like, you know, you'll see him kind of pop up every once in a while, but he's not really the main thing in anything. So even if they teamed up like I'd be cool with that. You know, if it was a giant Mm -hmm. man, Goliath book, um, but there's definitely, I mean, there's so many characters and I'm just like, man, I wish you would, like, give them something, you know? like Right. Yeah. Even with the, the the rise of, like, all these, like, YA graphic novels, like, they don't have to have a series. Like, just give them a book and see what happens. Like, you know, can't. Yeah, yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. That's funny you brought up uh, Tom Foster because I was actually going to do a relaunch on him later. Oh. <laughs> and uh, because I thought about him... And because he was you know i'm a big wonder man fan and he had popped up in some uh, random wonder man issues with the lethal legion and uh, he kind of got his powers back and because of everything that happened to bill he wasn't really. um, Trying to see it for the avengers, (laughs) so he was you know with the lethal legion and was like you know you guys like. You killed my uncle and nothing happened afterwards so it would be really interesting for him to kind of come back and assume the mantle of goliath and kind of really see where he would go whether he would want to be very heroic you know and maybe decide you know that things happened and he can kind of move past that or if he still is kind of skeptical of of the avengers and heroes and stuff i think there's a great story for him there well, also. I will say side
0: note, I am also a huge Wonder Man fan. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're Wonder Man stuff. Um, so fingers crossed in the future.
2: Yeah, that's oh. my hope. Okay. Hey. Hey, you never know. I mean, you know, things could happen. MCU synergy if he pops up
1: hopefully you know with everything with wandavision i was hoping maybe he would pop up somehow but uh, <laughs> uh we'll see what happens in the future um but i don't really want him tied to that girl so we, we, we can move past that <laughs> is
0: this is this airing post wandavision like are you guys going to have a wandavision conversation can we talk wandavision or is that are we, sure we can if you well, want yeah, to we we're going to talk about it on the episode so sure yeah. oh okay 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 so loved WandaVision, all of it was great. Like, right. you know, the first eight episodes, like the ninth episode was gonna be tough no matter what, just because like you mm-hmm. can't do any of the things you did in the previous eight, because you ran through all the generations of TV and like, you know, all the mystery and stuff. It's, so we're basically mm-hmm. just in a in a Marvel movie, uh, you know, just yeah. like kind of like scaled down. Um, but even that was like, I enjoyed all of that. The, the biggest thing I have the issue I have coming out of it is like when she, mm-hmm. when she, when she pulled everything in mm-hmm. and then she just turned the hood up and just started walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> you're leaving, right? Like you're walking out of town. And then, yeah. no, she's walking into town.
3: And
0: I'm like, oh, cause you're going to go like turn yourself in. Right. Like you're gonna, and then she was like, okay, so you know, let me just chop it up with Monica real quick. And then I'm out. And I was like, Oh, she did.
2: Like she just <laughs> flew. <laughs>
0: like she said, I'm out of here. Right. Bye. Con- <laughs> no conversation. No, even she was like, they're going to hate me forever. I was like, well, you understand what you did. Right. Like, I mean, you, you can't really expect people because I'm She's just like- thinking about the next day. Right. Like
2: <laughs> nobody's going to
0: work. Like, no, oh, of course
2: like... not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you like go back to normal life I after mean, this? It's just like, absolutely wow. not. <laughs> you know,
0: and then, but then, what do you so like, my idea was like, the She Hulk show needs to be the city of Westview v. Wanda Maximoff. Like, we need, oh,
2: that'd be fun, actually. I'd be <laughs> we into need that. Some,
0: some restitution, because like, what do you do? Like, you can't go to the Avengers mansion and be like, Look, so <laughs> I'm always here for an anti
2: Wanda brigade. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm a well, like, really know, supportive.
0: Like I love Wanda, but yeah, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was I was struggling with how they wanted me to feel after that. Cause uh, you know, like there definitely was some some gray area that they did want you to feel like
3: yeah. man,
0: should she have done that to Agatha? Is that, is that the right thing to do? Like should she have done, you know, some of the things that she did? Um, but then she yeah, she just kind of like dipped and just continued with her
1: life and i was like well i I mean i I saw that and thought well that's very accurate to comic book wanda (laughs) (laughs) all right you know she tends to do some things and just be like all right y'all y'all deal with that so bye (laughs) right well then i was like
0: because i was expecting monica to say something but i guess she was like you know. i like yeah, said, like, I'd do
2: it too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not mad.
0: <laughs> but even then, I was like, yeah, I guess if I just saw somebody like totally rewrite reality and do all that stuff, like maybe not on my own, you know, like I might need to get some friends to talk to her about stuff <laughs> Oh yeah, later. I would <laughs> want to
3: check her <laughs> you know, it, it, But
2: it's fine because Wanda is another one. She's got her own little kind of, well, not sidekick, but legacy character in Wiccan. Mm-hmm. And, Wiccan's gonna come in and mm-hmm. he's gonna do what needs to be done. He is he is the one who should actually take the place of his predecessor.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think mean, like so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all in I'm See? ready for
0: See? I'm ready for a young Avengers, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the lineup is gonna be. Like I feel yeah. like it's gotta be Speed, um, Wiccan, probably uh
1: Cassie. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely Kate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Alias Kate's gonna and be. I think nice. they I
1: think they recast Cassie as like a more popular actress for Ant-Man 3. So yeah. Uh, I think they're definitely gearing up to bring her in.
2: Oh, and then America.
0: Mm. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, who is that is that it? Like, cause do they do Eli? Like, do they do um
2: there are rumors that Eli is supposed to be in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So I could see them doing that. I could see them yeah. doing both. Because then I it's wonder- also
0: well, yeah. Because I mean, the other thing is like if so, they ca- like Kang is for real. Like they've they've already yeah. passed Kang. Yeah. Um, but are they going to do like the whole like Iron Lad thing? Like, is he going to be in there,
1: or are they going to do? Oh. oh, is that too much for people?
3: <laughs> I would say, that's a lot. That's a lot going on.
1: <laughs> well, that's because,
0: but you, like you mentioned, America, and like they could definitely just throw America in there, or they could throw, yeah. you know, yeah. they could do a kid Loki. Like I mean, there's a lot of different directions that they could go if they wanted to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of because I mean, it's coming. Clearly, they're setting it up. They've introduced all of these characters, or will introduce some of these characters. Um, so you know, I'm just wondering because they're also going to have like Riri's coming yeah, yeah. They, they've covered. got they've
2: got a, a lineup of the young heroes so it's like are yeah. they going to do the young avengers are they going to make them all young avengers are we right. actually going to branch off into the champions at some point in time right. as well it's um the doors open
1: it's so interesting how they're going to bring in all of those younger characters and with us talking about sidekicks i wonder how many of them will you know their story will be them trying to fill the roles up there. You know heroes or i wonder how many actually will be written to kind of rise up and take on that mantle of those characters in in the mcu so that'll be interesting how they let those characters evolve
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um, along the lines of kind of the conversation we've been having today of like you know will they rise up to the challenge of being you know captain america or will they decide you know i can have my own lane and do something separate from whatever they were doing before Uh, i do think that that's probably going to be a big ms marvel Uh, storyline for her in her show of you know i don't got to be the white girl i can i can be who i want (laughs) to be and uh, i think that'll be really interesting to see a a sidekick character really take their own form and 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 do their own thing instead of having to really fall within the shadow of their whoever they looked up to Well, i think that's just an interesting thing
0: specifically with sidekicks is that you know you have these characters who are either you know directly underneath you know like like dick and wally who you know are are training like they're basically living with (laughs) you know these characters and like you know learning under them and uh you know like the aspirations are high right like when they had the whole battle for the cow thing like you would think like well no brainer like you know dick grayson batman right you know but then obviously you know jason and 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 tim and everybody else who were kind of like well wait a minute like i i want to be batman too like i want to i want to (laughs) kind of assume assume the mantle um but then when you know dick finally got to be batman you know it was interesting to see his his mindset of like these are all the things that bruce did that i didn't like you know and like this is i'm not going to do that you know like i kind of i i learned underneath him you know kind of saw how he did things but also like you know that that coming into your own and you know dick has his own very unique situation where he like left and like became his own person and then came back um you know so and even with you know wally i i love a lot too and i think is great um and he wasn't necessarily because you know barry's a a better person (laughs) 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 there is kind of less of grappling with like oh man like he did a lot of terrible things but um you know, but but living up to that, I think, can be a difficult proposition just because, you know, not, not even is not everybody cut out to be, you know, a superhero, but like, you know, the expectations of being that hero, like, I think I would have loved to see more in Miles' story, like the, the idea of like him being Spider-Man, but, you know, there was like a few moments where like, you know, either like the, the costume got ripped or the mask kind of like got lifted up and people it's like, Oh, like, wait, like he's black. Like, you're not Spider-Man. Like you're not, you know, and that was kind of what Sam Wilson went through, you know, when he was Captain America, when people were like, well, you're not my Captain America, like you're mm-hmm. very different. Um, and, you know, just, just grappling with that too. Cause I think for a lot of these younger heroes, especially when you, when you think about you know, Conlin, um you know, heroes of that ilk in that generation it's like uh i don't even I, I don't even know what you would categorize you know like bruce wayne and i don't know they're not gen x like are they um, are they baby boomers <laughs> like they had a baby, yeah, I think, uh, baby boomers. They're yeah like, um <laughs> you know, oh. so these, <laughs> these very, you know, I guess we can call them more Gen Z type heroes who, you know, their concerns are different, their views about what it needs to be a hero are very different. And even, you know, the, what justice looks like is different, right? Like, that's one of the things I love about Miss Marvel is like, she is a very community oriented hero. Like if, if, if the circle Q gets destroyed, like that's, bad you know like she did a bad job like you know what i mean like it's not like oh like property damage and all this other stuff like you know uh damage control will come in and fix that or you know whatever like i don't really have to worry about it she was like no like people live here like that's somebody's business that's somebody's home you know what i mean like i'm responsible to this community and to the people who live here as their hero like i need to do more i need to be better um you know and you don't necessarily get that from a lot of the other you know superheroes who it's kind of like their concerns are more yeah, I guess if you're fighting like, you know, global or cosmic threats, you know, it's kind of hard to think down to, you know, like, you know, the person who lives in this house that you just like barreled through or like, you know, the small business that you just crushed. You. Um, so see,
1: when I say that, Carol, <laughs> people don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it's Carol. You have to understand.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's, that's, that'll be an interesting thing going forward to see. Like, I don't know if you guys read the Nubia uh, graphic novel that just came out. Like that's.
2: Thanks. I actually just bought that over the weekend. I'm going to read it today later on.
0: I think you're really going to enjoy it. Cause I think it is one of those things where they do really look at what it means to be, you know, a hero in, in today's times. And I think that's part of the, Part of the thing about you know being a sidekick in the younger generation is like how do you relate to this elder you know this kind of like yeah. mentor person like that relationship and how it kind of changes and evolves over time because you have you know somebody like garth going back to aquaman like garth and aquaman don't get along
3: okay. <laughs> i mean Talk it's about
0: it. it's <laughs> things happen between them very comic book things happen between them but like yeah you know, it's, it's, it's deep. And like Garth is just like, I'm out. Like, I, I don't do that anymore. And that's why, you know, that, that, you know, Jackson is in that position is because like, here we go, you know, like Gar- Aquaman kind of messed that up, you know, initially. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's also interesting because so many of these situations are like adults, kids, right. You know, and that power mm-hmm. dynamic between like, you know, an older person, you know, working with an mentoring and a younger person, um, not only just the, you know, do they get along, do they relate to each other, but also that like, you know, do do you, do you value them as, you know, an individual, right? Like, are you just, are they there to be an extension of you that you train and you send out to do, you know, your light work that you don't want to do or, you know, be on patrol when you want to take a nap or whatever, or are they their own, you know, autonomous person who like has thoughts and feelings that you take into account when they say, I don't know about this. Like this seems like there's another way to do this, or like I'm scared, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. If I you know I want to you know, and it's just kind of like do, you, do they feel like they have the ability to communicate with you in that way, or is it very much so like I'm in charge, you know? I'm the I'm the I'm the hero, but also I'm the adult in this situation. I'm telling you, stay back, or you know go in, or like we're going to do this, Um, because you see in some of those relationships it is kind of like a power struggle that either you know, like the the, the younger person kind of just like, they just give in eventually, or, you know, like Garth and like, you know, Dick, or they're just like, I'm out, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, like, this is not a, a, a true, you know, partnership, like, this is just kind of like you telling me what I can and can't do, you know, and I'm grown now. So, you know, like,
2: Yeah, be like I'm grown now. uh, Jordan, Jordan, which which team team do you want? Do you want the Young Avengers? Do you want the Titans? Do you want the Mm. Champions? Like who is up there on your list? I it's
0: it's a tough question because I I think all of them have their own you know individual uh, you know pros and cons. Um, Like I really. Well, I think the thing about it too is like it's flexible right because I mean mm-hmm. we've seen different like lineups and, and variations throughout um and you know like I love I love the Teen Titans and like you know specifically like classic lineup Teen Titans yeah. um you know like I grew up watching the Teen Titan show and then you know that got me into the comics and all that um I love the Young Avengers uh classic lineup and then you know the the Karen Gillan lineup I thought you know both were great um Champions is great too. I might, I think I might go with champions only because it seems like what I like about the champions is specifically this latest run is kind of like the idea of them reanalyzing what it means to be, you know, a hero, but also like what, what are, what are a hero's responsibilities? Because I think that's such an interesting concept and topic, you know, when it comes to you know, because you know the the backlash that people like. Oh, so they're they're literal social justice warriors now, and they're going to go out and solve all these problems and do all this stuff. But I think you know it really does come back to well, like if you had the power, right? Like if you had these abilities, if you had you know the the literal power, but also like the influence that these kids have. And when you think when you think about social media now and like mm-hmm. the amount of sway, if you have X amount of million followers and you tell people like this is how i feel or you know this is what's going on like you have you can reach a large audience right and um you know we've seen that kind of work for good and we've seen that kind of work for bad um and you know so what is what does that responsibility look like because i think a lot of these kids um you know looking at it from from a from a from a younger person's perspective like you know the feeling of like what is what is my place in this world and how can i affect the change that i want to see right because you know, when you're 15, 16, uh, and you're looking at the things going on around you and people are telling you, oh, like you're too young, you're too young to vote, you know, you're too young to, you know, really, you know, have a say in not even just the politics of your, you know, local like community, but like, you know, the country that you live in and, you know, all these decisions are being made for you. And you're looking around and you're saying like, adults are screwing this up. Like, this is like, this is bad. And like, there's things that we need to do and there's different ways of doing things. but also, you know, the internal conflict of that as well, because not all those kids are going to agree about what needs to be done, and they're not going to agree about, you know, the way forward, and you know, they're all kind of growing and, and changing as people too. Uh, so I think it could be very interesting to have, you know, a group of young people who are uh, looking to handle, because I I find that fascinating too, just like the the hierarchy, right, of like what superheroes deem to be like a priority, right, like okay uh you know lex Luthor is in town you know and he's he's got a giant robot and he's stomping through metropolis right so like that's a problem but also like there's a fire you know on the other side of town like that's a problem but also like you know there's a string of robberies going on like that's a problem but you know like and it kind of goes all the way down and i think a lot about um there's a batman black and white issue from like a long time ago that basically the concept is you know batman is like fighting like the joker or the riddler and like you know it's drawn in a very like superhero you know action style and then you know the next page is like batman's walking down the street by like the single mother and she's like you know i just got fired you know on some some bs and like you know my job is like you know they ran me out and i need to feed my kids and like batman is drawn as kind of like a zombie like character kind of walking through and he's like can't do anything about that. But then like Riddler shows up and it's like, oh, back to action. You know, I'm gonna punch this guy in the face and take care of this. You know, and the next panel is like, you know, Batman, I got arrested on some like trumped up weed charges and like, I'm gonna be in jail for like six years. Like this is messed up. And he's like, well, <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> what could I do about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, But seeing, you know, characters like kind of not even just tackle again, like the, the very, you know big political kind of things, but just like, know some of some of the just the day-to-day issues that kids go through you know i think could be it could be great to kind of you know focus in on that uh just because being the superhero is is a very difficult you know like (laughs) job to man there's always specifically with kids it's like you know i got to take this test and i have to like do you have to be home at a certain time and like you know all these other things that you got to deal with but also like I was, I'm a super, <laughs>
2: like, I it's like none of this is important right now. <laughs>
0: um, you know, so I, I think there's a lot going on there, um, but it would be great and fun to write all of those. Uh, I think there's, there's so much with, with each of them. And I kind of, I hope to see more of them. I know, you know, Teen Titans is getting a reboot. Um, I, I have to imagine Young Avengers is coming back in some way, shape or form, you know, in the near future. Um, Champions is, is definitely going on. You know, Danny, Danny Lore's taking over that. I'm excited for that. Um, so, you know, like there's, there's a lot of great opportunities to, to see these characters, but, um, you know, I just, I always want more, like I always want to see more. Yeah. I think there's definitely ways, you know, whether it's, you know, digital comics or graphic novels or whatever, you know, to kind of give each of these characters spotlights and let them, uh, you know, kind of whether it's, cause I mean, that was the, the cool thing about future state was that what if of like, okay, like we're going to give, a lot of these, you know, sidekick characters the opportunity to to take over and like, you know, be whoever, you know, even if it's just for, you know, these two months and just kind of a glimpse into that. Um, So I wouldn't even mind, you know, more kind of like what if kind of stories like it doesn't have to be in in continuity where like, like you were saying, you know, LZ like, oh, like, well, you know, Batman's gone, you know, it's like, well, no, like Batman can still exist, you know, in the main continuity, but like over here in this other multiverse, like
1: so-and-so's Batman.
0: I'm like, what's that like? You know, how does that work?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, that was amazing. Oh,
1: I, have an, I have a final question before we get up out of here. If you could pick a character that you would like to see... um I necessarily like assume the mantle. I, you know what? I'm just going to tell you what I was thinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I had thought about like the whole assuming the mantle thing with the psychics and everything. And there are a lot of Robins and my favorite one is, my favorite one is, is, is Dick Grayson, but um, I really am a big Tim fan. And I've always thought of Tim, not necessarily becoming Batman, but I've thought that he should take over the mantle of Oracle. And he should be the guy in the chair, or do you have any character that you would like to see, not necessarily take up the mantle, but something like the, not a mantle that they're directly tied to, but one that they could, a different one that they could assume.
0: Sure. Well, I think you know the Robin question is so interesting, just because there's a million of them, you know, and and it's yes. <laughs> all and like the hierarchy there is kind of crazy too, right? Because like, like I said, like my opinion, Dick Grayson. Should be Batman. Like he should be the next in line. But then you also have Damian, who's kind of like literal heir apparent. Like he will be Batman. (laughs) Like that's if he's got to kill Dick Grayson to do it. Like he's that's he he might do that. You know, like that's that's his ultimate goal is to be Batman. Um, But then you have you know a bunch of other. I mean, you've got you've got Tim, who I always feel like Tim isn't necessarily like the Eternal Robin, but he does feel the most like Robin fits him the best you know, uh, and not even mm-hmm. because he's like a natural sidekick, but I just think that like that that persona, like he kind of really, when he came in after Jason, it was like, this feels right. Like this feels like, you know, a character who kind of has all of these things, that the combination of, you know, the, the the kind of joy and exuberance that Dick Grayson had, but also like he's he's more mentally in line with Batman, right? Like he is like a real detective. He is like a real like, you know, kind of science forensic person in the way Dick Grayson never, like, flips. I I do flips. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um. Tim is the one with common sense. The rest of them don't really have too much of that. (laughs) And that's why, I mean, even when I said, like, Duke came in and Duke was kind of like, I mean, he wasn't going to do any of that. Like, he doesn't do the flips and he isn't, like, a science person. He's kind of like...
2: He lights up yeah <laughs>
0: he's definitely got his own thing you know and, and then obviously you know damien is you know batman mm-hmm. jr you know all the way yeah so um i i think I, that i mean that would be cool i i definitely would like to see you know tim kind of take on his own role in some way whether that is because he's been like red robin which is like that's fine um yeah but i i think there's 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 definitely more to be done with him um yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder, right. Cause there are certain characters who, um, like the role that they, they play in the universe, Marvel or DC universe is kind of like, you can just kind of slot somebody else in there. Like, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, not the Phantom Stranger.
1: Um, uh, Spectre.
0: Yes. You know what I mean? Like the role of the Spectre is like, Anybody could be the like Spectre isn't necessarily like a like a set character, um, so you definitely could have somebody you know fill in in that way. Um, I don't know who that would be, because, yeah, I mean, Spectre is very much so, like, vengeance. Like, he's he's there to get, yeah. get
1: revenge, um, you know. And, so. I mean, I was under the impression that Wonder Woman was going to take over that role. Um, yeah. But I read that DC Infinite Frontier Zero issue, and I'm not going to lie, they faked me out. I was under <laughs> the impression that Wonder Woman <laughs> was going to take over that role. But to see her say, kind of, like, no, I don't really need to do that. I can, I'm still going to just be Wonder Woman uh, yeah. was, was kind of cool. So, you're right. I feel like anyone could be Spectre, but it is kind of a role right. of vengeance. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, it might it might fit, like, I mean,
0: again, if Jason Todd became the Spectre, like, that fits. Like, that's kind of his lane. Yeah. Um, in the Marvel Universe, uh, I mean, because, I mean, there are all kind of other, other roles that are a little bit similar to that. Um, I mean, Swamp Thing is another one. And, like, the current Swamp Thing run does have another, you know, like, person kind of assuming that role. Um, you know, so that could be That could definitely work, Um, man. Because I I feel like in Marvel, there was like Silver Surfer, I think could be one, right? Like, you know, kind of like you're the, you're the, um, you know, you're the herald of Galactus. So, I mean, it's not necessarily, again, it is more of like a title necessarily than a character. Like there's been other heralds of Galactus. Um, I can't say
1: who would make a great herald um, Dazzler was the one, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
0: I think there's definitely room for that. Like, like we talked about, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, specifically moving into another hero's lane, per se, but like, there's, there's roles that are kind of like, um, because man, again, like Punisher is somebody who is very conflicting and Ooh. like there's a lot of stuff going on there I don't know Jordan and, and,
3: and but, but well
0: but i think i think the thing about punisher um is like if you if you're able to examine the character right like like he kind of got away from the the initial concept of like he was going to be Almost like the specter, what? Like specter is vengeance. Frank Castle is vengeance, um, but you know that he just then he was just like, well, I just I'm a mass murderer now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just shoot a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it it, it
2: kind of became very just um, angry white man with the gun, right? And yeah, it's like yeah.
0: But it's it, it is an interesting thought experiment. It's like, well, what if you drop somebody else in that situation, and not necessarily like lethal protector, but like somebody who was wronged and you know kind of took it upon themselves to you know kind of make sure because again right like the initial idea was like i'm not going to let what happened to me happen to anybody else uh but then it was just like well i got all these guns so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's
3: gonna stop me
1: <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: that's wild Well <laughs> wow Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. And this sidekick panel. This was great. You are officially our first guest. Yes. Feels good. it was spectacular. Um, Please let the people know where they can find you and your social media handles so we can continue. They're going to go back out. They're going to go buy some Aquaman issues today. I can guarantee (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, and on Instagram at JRSosa18, so JRSosa18 um aquaman 62 and 63 are are out but also the aquaman trade volume 4 is out now and it's collected in that if you want to check that out um i do have uh, a star wars adventures comic coming out in two weeks on march 17th okay uh, which will be about uh beckett and val from the um the solo star wars movie um yeah.
2: <laughs> <was it>. <laughs> is a Star Wars fan. Yeah.
0: Wars well, check it out for sure. I hope I hope people enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. I, like, anytime you know I get the opportunity to work in these spaces where it's just like, man, like I grew up watching Star Wars. Like, you know, I, like all of this stuff is like uh such a such an ingrained part of, of me and my my personality. And like now I get that to, to give back to it and add to it is like a surreal, crazy experience. Um Uh, But yeah, those are the things that I have coming out in the near future. And then hopefully more things will be coming soon. I'm going to get you on
2: a champion's book. That's my my, my uh, promise to you. I would would love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for that. We're going to go ahead and take a break. everybody we're back what a thrilling sidekick panel yes that.
1: that was so dope like uh wow <laughs> yeah well, that was yeah um,
2: like I'm, in, I'm inspired right now a little bit yeah that's like, awesome i, I, I love like,
1: talking about all that stuff with jordan really
2: great and you know jordan brought it up a little bit too so let's get right into it we hit the season finale of wandavision or as i like to call it billy vision Billy Vision, <laughs> B- Billy Vision, Billy Vision.
1: That's what I say when it comes off. Oh, <laughs> see, I don't call it that. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I ain't gonna go. I'm gonna go all the way there. But yes, um, season finale, series finale, as the episode was called, and I, I liked it a lot. I thought there were some yeah. things that I that I didn't necessarily really like um, for the ending, but. Um, this particular episode I thought was fantastic. I know I saw some people who were like, oh, you know, it felt too like heavy on the superhero MCU yeah. kind of action or whatever. But honestly, that I, well, I wanted that. <laughs> because <laughs> You know, for me, I'm not the like, I, y'all heard me before. I'm not the biggest magic fan. So like when they start it's slinging. It's so
2: strange because you like so many magical characters. You would think so, right? Like who? <laughs> you like magic.
1: Oh, yeah, I do like magic. <laughs> I do like magic. That's fair. Um, Yeah. But, like, when they started slinging, like, bolts and energy shit at each other, I was living for that. <laughs> so
2: That looked really good. It looked really yeah. good. I was like, yeah, this is hot. This is hot. Yeah, I was, and then, I like, was liking that a lot. The run, like, the hex and, like, the intensity of it was, like, getting dense. And I was like, yeah, this is good. I was like, this is what I came to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like this episode
1: opens literally where the last one ended, um, which which to me made me feel like it was okay that this one ends with a a lot of like the CGI superhero fighting because it was obvious that these last two episodes was one whole thing just split into two um, because this one literally picks up exactly where the last one ended. So we've got Agatha floating with the kids, you know, in a magical chokehold. And Wanda is out there trying to get her kids back, tells them to go inside. And the fighting starts. <laughs> and, okay. you know, it's it's witch versus witch. And she's like a uh, uh, Scarlet Witch or Wanda, as I should call her now. You know, she hasn't fully accepted that yet. <laughs> um, she throws a little chaos bolt at her and we see... Agatha absorb it. And then she tells her, you know, I can absorb magic. Like that's it's kind of my thing, really. It's I could absorb it from people who are undeserving, is what she says. Now, who is she to be the designer of that? <laughs> I think that's okay. up to her. She just she's the one who made herself that. But uh she says that she was there to just absorb the chaos energy, and basically she just wants the power for herself. Um, and she thinks. Uh, Wanda can't control it and can't really do anything with it so they wife. start fighting and she tells her you know if you just give me your powers and you can keep all this bullshit that you created in Westview <laughs> and all right. um, Wanda responds by throwing a car at her <laughs> and
2: <laughs> as one could <laughs>
1: and you know she's I thought this was cute with that when she got to the car Her only her shoes were there you know like the Wicked Witch uh, yeah
2: I thought that was like a really nice little nod
1: That was a cute little touch. And she sees in the reflection that this white thing has just uh, floated in and she turns around and it's uh, the white Vision who we saw at the reveal in the post-credits scene last episode. So she walks up to him and she is thinking that like Vision is back now. But um, he starts to smush her head. (laughs) And he is like no... uh, I thought you were powerful and it's, it's really was a frightening scene. Like. um, Okay.
2: So like, I was just about to say, like, I think like the whole head crushing thing, I think that is like really terrifying when people actually do that in movies and stuff like that. Cause what like, what an awful way to die. Like someone like crushing your head and like, it's like, Oh my gosh.
1: Right. Like I remember when that happened in Game of Thrones, that was wild. Like,
2: it's just like, damn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like Damn. (laughs) Um, so and just the, the sound effects of all of it like really, yeah, like, it,
2: it's like really it's, it, it doesn't sound wow. well me. that's one of those ones <laughs> i'm just kind of, and like usually like a lot of things like that don't bother me but that's one of the ones i'm just kind of like, oh, like that looks, Yeah,
1: i don't need that and there was nothing she could do because she's like i don't know five seven and he was like six <laughs> three <laughs> <laughs> and like had her like off the ground with her feet dangling but sure enough um in comes the other Vision to come and rescue her, which I thought was an interesting nod to maybe the comic book, because in in the comics, when she resurrected uh, Wonder Man, um, after Wonder Man had died and then he came back to life, uh, she was the one who brought him back. And he always used to wonder if he was always tied to her because he only ever existed when she needed him so like if they were out on a mission and she needed help with something all of a sudden wonder man would come in and swoop in and save her but then he would like disappear by the end of the mission so i thought that i wondered mm. if that was like a cool little nod to that with you know this this vision that she created you know came Popping in to come out to her. save
3: her yeah, yeah that
1: would be cute i thought that was a cute little thing um so then we get the two visions fighting in the street which i thought was a really cool really really yeah, cool scene nice. um Budget <laughs> because I thought that the CGI between the two visions as they were fighting with each other and phasing with each other and shooting each other with their like energy blasts and stuff was really really cool. Um, and then, um, after that, we get to see Hayward and all of them, they're trying to like break into the hex. Um, Jimmy has been arrested basically, um, and Jimmy like steals a phone and you know, call somebody. Talk, call somebody and tells them to, to come and help him. Um, so <clears throat> Jimmy also like breaks free of his, of his handcuffs, you know, using his, his tricks or whatever. all it takes is a body pan or a safety pan <laughs> to break out of his handcuffs. Um, and then we get back to, Oh, uh, the, the Scarlet Witch and Wanda. So they, they're like fighting in the sky and they fly away. And then Monica is inside of the house inside of uh, the next-door neighbor's house, inside of um, Agatha's house. And she's, like, trying to break free and screaming. And the Fiatro, as I'm going to call him for the time being, he says, oh, you know, uh, you can't get break out of here. Like, nothing, no one can hear you. Which makes me think that were all of the houses, like, soundproof? Like, do you think there was a spell on them that once you went back into your house like no one could hear you. Because it seems to Mm. me that, like, I don't think every spell that the Scarlet Witch cast was done and done with, like, care. (laughs) You know? Of course. um, She may have wanted them to stay inside of the house, but in her head, she probably stayed inside the house, but the magic spell that got cast was they were trapped in that house. Um, You know, because... The next scene after that is uh, Wanda fighting Scarlet Witch inside the town. She's like looking for her and Agatha is like, you know, do you realize what all you've done? Look at the people around you and uh, (laughs) she releases Dottie and Dottie is like free from the mind control of the Scarlet Witch. She, She runs up to Wanda. She's like, hey, you know, um, could my daughter like become? She's like eight. Could my daughter be friends with your sons? And they're like they're like the same age, you know? Or maybe even if you don't like that script, like she could be the bully to them. Like like
2: yeah, like she'll like take just bring her any her. role,
1: <laughs> <laughs> any role you want her to have on the shows. Like she just needs. school you let her out of the house? And when she said that, that made me feel like all the kids. Like when when we heard earlier in the season when Vision was like, "Where are all the children? There ha- aren't any children here." That all of them. Were locked in the houses, but probably not intentionally because Wanda probably just had them placed in the houses as quote unquote safety for the kids and because yeah. they weren't needed for the episodes that she was making everyone live through because she doesn't want to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Dude, I can understand that, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know? Also, um, that scene was like really
2: nice, like as everybody kind of started running up to Wanda and it was just like, look, you know, my daughter's trapped in the house, like, oh, my husband's out at war. Tell him don't come back here. <laughs> or, you know, just like all the different things people were saying and just kind of really showing Wanda the implications of her actions. It's just like, again, you might think, oh, even as she was saying, she's like, no, I kept you safe. I kept you happy. And it's just like, no, baby, we're not. This is hard. right. They were like, you know,
1: at night, we have dreams of your nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> like and and it wasn't even at night, it was like when you let us sleep. <laughs> we yeah, yeah. like, damn, girl, let the people sleep. Right? Like, wow, um, Wanda, you really know how to take <laughs> care of that chaos magic. <laughs> but you know, I feel like that's I felt like this has all been a very great like portrayal of Wanda and like the yeah. Scarlet Witch and her not only her journey in the MCU, but the things that they were pulling from the comics I don't this doesn't feel like a you know a a mischaracterization or an out of character thing for Wanda because
2: Wanda does just try (laughs) you know this does feel justified and again and I think we said it last week when we talked about Wanda and just the show and how satisfying it must be to be her fan right now and to kind of have this series come in because it is such a good and well-written portrayal of a woman and her just sadness and her grief and her loss and how she kind of does that and how, yes, what she's doing is really, really bad. And it's like affecting a lot of people in negative ways, but you still kind of feel for her at the same time and say, and like Monica, again, like Monica said at the end, she's like, oh, I would have done the same thing. Like I would have brought my mom back for sure. Like guaranteed, like no doubt about it. And like, I think that's kind of a real moment that a lot of people will have. Like if we did have that power and that ability, we would totally do that again. even like jordan said yeah um but like jordan said you know some of things kind of were left a little weird like the fact that she just threw her hood up and walked and like flew off like again maybe people were looking at it as a thing of she's just too powerful what are we going to even do to stop her but at the same time it's still kind of like somebody should probably say something at least
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah they probably were feeling some type of way because i mean if i were there in westview and she had done that to me like like, kind of
2: like what Jordan said, what do you do the next day? Like, yeah, <laughs> like get up and go to work. No, with my daughter. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then you also kind of look at Hayward and it's like, what is he really going to be arrested for? Mm-hmm. And uh, other than like trying to save a bunch of people. And we kind Well, of, I think he uh, was
1: technically not. Was he supposed to be putting vision back together or was it all something he was doing secretly on his own?
2: I just assume like he
1: had permission from the higher up. The higher ups at the government or whatever. I don't know. I they it really depends on if he had permission to do all of that. And with I don't know, the way that he was going about things in Westview. It's because I remember they said they like, oh, you were able to track vision inside the hex, but you weren't even telling anybody. So I don't know what other also, kind of shady was stuff How was he able to doing. track
2: vision inside the hex if it was a vision she created?
1: So from what I was trying, because I was also trying to make sense of that. Mm-hmm. And my thought behind it was she really did create, like, another vision. Yeah. See, this is with magic. You know, you could do whatever you want to do. That's true. <laughs> and she's powerful enough to do it. So I just was now just accept the fact that she just created another vision.
2: I and... mean, I was fine with that. <laughs> but it, was, it was just kind of like, how was he tracking it? I don't, yeah, I, I
1: don't know. I don't know. Well, I, uh, she said they were tracking vibranium decay. You can track... Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, that decay makes sense. of any kind of element. So I figured they were just tracking that.
2: Um, How did you feel about kind of the ending as she's, like, bringing the hex back in and reverting everything back and we see the loss of... kind. Of, we kind of see her saying goodbye to the kids and to Vision and kind of, like, coming to terms with all her sad. So, you know, I
1: was watching this with... Um, my best friend we like because of like the lockdown and stuff here we kind of started our own like kind of quarantine with each other (laughs) a little bubble and we have like marvel fridays and we watch the show together so um while we were watching it beforehand he was like you know if this were me i wouldn't be surprised if she didn't let the hex down because she was that like wanting to be with her family and it was interesting to see that's exactly what she did. <laughs> you know, yeah. she started to release it because she felt bad for the people, which that also was a, a really interesting scene because everyone is circling around her and telling her how they've, how they've been affected by her and they're all being so loud and to get them to shut up. She like choked them all out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, I think she really needs to get a handle on this chaos magic before it takes over her. And, um, so yeah, she started to let the hex down because she felt that bad for the people. But once you start to see her kids fade away and, you know, her man fade away as well, that was just too much. So she put the hex back. So I thought that was actually interesting because it felt more authentic. It didn't feel like she, it didn't feel like there was going to be this big heroic moment right then and there. She was going to be sad and, you know, cry it all out. And then that was when she's going to transform into the Scarlet Witch. It felt more
2: real that she couldn't yeah. really give them up yet, you know. I really agree with that. And then, oh, how did you feel? So when she finally comes into the spot of, like, accepting herself as the Scarlet Witch and that outfit shows up, how do you feel about the new outfit?
1: I, okay, I'm, as, as much as I give her. She's you know, hot. And she's, the- a hot <laughs> she's a hot
2: this girl. She's a
1: hot girl is a hot girl. As much as I give Scarlet Witch
2: and Wanda, like, um, that outfit was giving. <laughs> hey, um, I don't like the wig. Again, an MCU wig has failed me, and I am You not. know, which is crazy because the wigs on this season have
1: all been really great. Like, yeah. I thought that wig that she wore when she was stomping through Sword, <laughs> going to go get Vision's body, that I like that wig. one. <laughs> that has some bounce to it. And, um, but yeah, the last the last wig that she had on, I don't think I liked the color. Um and was, I'm fine I with it being I'm fine with the curls really. and it being teased out, but like I don't think I'm I, I like the wonderful curls.
2: Yeah. I do like the curls. It might be the color that's taking me out. Um but the suit was like I will admit, I felt like her hood did not fit with the rest of the outfit though that's funny because I actually liked the hooded costume and you know, I normally don't. (laughs) And I I like the hood. It just felt like two different costumes. It felt like, I guess like the way it was kind of like raggedy, maybe I got to look at it again. It was a little raggedy though. And I felt like the outfit was very like sleek and clean. And so it was just like a weird mix.
1: Yeah. So um, while she's up there fighting Agatha and shooting off all of this chaos magic and chaos energy and Agatha's absorbing it, Little did we all know that she had been casting um, runes. <laughs> and, you know, she's learning quickly, which has been interesting that they actually kind of showed that through the the series. Um, earlier in the first beginning of their fight, she saw Agatha like teleport herself away. And mm-hmm. later on, while she's fighting Agatha, she teleports herself away. Um, and the whole mind control w- where they're entering each other's psyche thing, we've seen... We've seen Wanda do that to people, but never where she also enters the the psyche of the dream that she gives them. Whereas now she learned from Agatha like kind of how to do that on the fly while she's been fighting her. So I thought that was yeah. really interesting to see. Um, so she cast those runes and then, you know, it was on from there. <laughs> she became okay. full on. She, I, at that point, she really accepted herself. And I did really like the line of, I don't need you to tell me who I am, which yeah. I feel like has been, Wanda's whole journey you know she was never really she's never been called the Scarlet Witch everyone around her has been telling her who she is even fans Mm -hmm. want her to be a mutant or Magneto's daughter again Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 you know so it's like everyone is always telling Wanda who she is or who she isn't or what she's supposed to be so I actually really like that She accepted herself as the Scarlet Witch as we saw her come into that. But she told Agatha, like, I don't need you to tell me who I am. I'm who I
2: am. Really nice moment. Really nice moment. Yeah, so I like that.
1: Um, So yeah, that costume was given. (laughs) And then, you know, uh, then we get this really, really touching ending where she um, is having this conversation with Vision and he says, you know, uh, I know that you're going to fix everything and put everything back. And, but it won't be a happy ending for us and she's like you know no not for us so they all go back to the home and she tucks the kids in at night and they're getting ready to go to sleep and I thought the the line that she had afterwards as she was leaving the room and telling them how much she loved them and how proud of them they were she says thank you for choosing me to be your mom which I thought was a very touching line because uh regardless of a uh, blood relation to something, you know, uh, you can have this this motherly relationship and she is like, you know, you didn't have to stay here for me to be your mom or whatever, you could have ran away or anything yeah. like that. And I thank you for letting me fill that role for y'all. So I thought that that was really, really touching, especially considering it seems like that's all she's ever really wanted was a family and to be a mother. And yeah, um, she wants to
2: have the life that she, she wants to have that life that she was kind of denied. You know, leaving yeah. her parents and, like, her childhood. You could tell family is a very big point for Wanda. And this was her time to heaven. And so to know that it was kind of, like, finally leaving, it was like, oh, dang.
1: Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was all really touching. And then we get the final hello, is what I are going to call it. It wasn't a goodbye. It was a hello um, between Wanda and Vision. And he asks her flat out, you know, uh, before the hex comes down completely and all of this is completely back to what it was before. What am I? And he says, you know, uh, I'm sorry. uh, Wanda says, you are a piece of the mind stone that lives in me because, you know, she did have her powers amplified by that mind stone. Um, but you are, um, my grief and my sadness, but you are
2: more than anything, my love. And, I thought that that was really, really touching. <laughs> you Lots know? of nice like moments Ooh, throughout this yeah. series. Just really heartfelt, pulling at the heartstrings. And again, the acting is on point. Oh, yes. So they sell yeah. every single one, and like you feel it, and it hits home in those regards.
1: They better get awards for all of this, because I feel like they, they knocked it out of the park. Um, especially um, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Uh, I thought that they were fantastic throughout this entire series. Um so then the hex all comes down and she walks out of <laughs> out of her a plot out of Chateau Chere and okay. gets
2: <laughs> Chateau Chere.
1: <laughs> and then she uh gets onto the town and the whole townspeople are Westview is just like, uh so what do we do now? Cause we don't like you. <laughs> what
3: we do tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they all had a look on their face, like, I think it's time to burn the witch. Um and she basically has a cute little conversation with Monica. Like, you know, I'm sorry for everything that I did. And Monica's like, you know, they will never understand how much you actually ended up gave up for all of this or whatever, even though you are the cause of all of this too. <laughs> um, and Monica says that line, like you were talking about where she says, uh, you know, if given the power, I would have definitely have resurrected my mom. Like I know I would. And uh, Wanda flies off and she leaves and she goes she leaves and goes (laughs) child (laughs) let's let's never bring that up (laughs) alkaline like it'll never escape us i um i feel like i feel like that was actually supposed to be like mount wonder i feel like that was yeah no that's what that's why
2: i assumed as well
1: yeah um which is really cool so yeah she flies off and People are just gonna have to pick up the pieces. I've also had the impression, kind of early on, that I know we are all super excited for the mutants and all that kind of stuff. Um, and but I've always wondered that if they would ever do the whole hated and feared kind of thing with the mutants.
2: Yeah. How
1: they how they would do it, and I feel like with Westview, is how you start to get people to become skeptical of super powered people, and. Yeah. Then, once the mutants start to pop up and there are more incidents with mutants, I could see that as focus going towards people being afraid of mutants. Um, yeah. so I wonder if, if Westview might be the beginning of
2: because now that. it's a little bit more of the superpower on a smaller scale. We've kind of always seen it like very big, uh, Sokovia type mm-hmm. incidents, Ultron, you know, all that kind of stuff, Thanos destroying everything. This is like technically nothing was really destroyed, um, right. people were like taken over and controlled and that's not something that they've had the heroes really have to do. And so now, yeah, I can totally see that opening the door. of Okay, now you got these people, especially mutants where telepaths come a dime a dozen. (laughs) 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 That's true. you know, it's (laughs) like, oh, we got all these people who can control our mind and do all these things now. It's like, what do we do? How do we take control of that? Or should we be trusting of these people that claim to be heroes, even though this other one who was also a hero kind of did the same thing. Mm-hmm. and used her power to get whatever she wanted. Um, and so, then it dipped out and nobody
1: said anything. You are right. I mean, <laughs> at this point though, you can't really stop her. She <laughs> They brought up the 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 dark hold which I'm not a magic girl so I didn't know what that was. I had to google it. I didn't know that that was like this thing in the Marvel universe that has like all of the knowledge of You know magic. it's been
2: interesting. Um the dark hold was used a lot in agents of shield as well. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't stick with that enough to know. Oh, you should definitely go back to watch it. Seasons three through five are like excellent television.
1: Oh, see, I got off at like three, I think.
2: So yeah, like three, like three through five is like I especially remember at the time like the elite. Like I watched it up until
1: like they they were with Winter Winter Soldier. They had a crossover with that. Yeah,
2: they, uh, they the Agents of Shield was actually really good. Of like tying Marvel events into the show, even though Marvel movies would never reference them whatsoever, they always found a way to like bring the movies into their, ways, uh, their world somehow and like would expand on it in a completely different way. That was just amazing.
1: Um, yeah, so when they brought up the Darkhold and how it is filled with all this magic, I liked the way that they defined the Scarlet Witch you know, yeah. because I feel like a lot of times people hear witch and you have to, like, cast spells and say say things or whatever. But I like that they pretty much said that she doesn't have a coven and she doesn't have to um, say incantations. So everything That's that we've been doing before, had- <laughs> it actually does count as magic as what she was doing before because we're we not doing that whole, like, you know, abracadabra it, it, stuff with her.
2: She's, she's just random, like, chaos, like, changing mm-hmm. things at a whim. Like, it works.
1: Yeah, I also like that they established that she is more powerful than the Sorcerer
2: Supreme. Um, That's going to be nice. Speaking of Sorcerer Supreme, and that wonderful little post credit scene we have of Wanda sitting at, you know, Alkali Lake, and we see Scarlet Witch Spirit magic vibe going through the Dark Hold. And what do we hear? I know. (laughs) What do we hear? What do What do we hear? He's crying out. <laughs> but, and, and so we remember that was one of the things I said, right. I was like, um, I feel like the kids are like going to somehow be stuck in. The, I don't get, I don't know the multiverse or in between realms, some type of way. And I think that's what kind of leads her to Dr. Strange and exploring that part of the universe.
1: Yeah. Do you, so do you mm-hmm. think she's going to be on a hunt for the kids existing kind of like, like children's in crus? Cru- I'm sorry, the comic children's crusade, but like reversed. Yes. You know what I mean?
2: Like instead of where they they were looking for is her, she's gonna be looking for them. She's definitely gonna be looking for them. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they'll do it. Like maybe, of course, we'll probably start to get like some older versions of them, or like we'll see right. them older. But like again, they're not her kids, kind of like how they've done it in the comic universe. But Billy Vision, Billy, Billy Vision, <laughs> he's, <is> coming. <laughs>
1: he's coming. He's coming. What's uh, you know what's wild is if. If they had never pushed anything back, we would be getting Doctor Strange 2 in May. Yeah. Um, so that we would have wild. been like getting that getting that
2: follow-up already. But I
1: think they pushed it back now to I think November or something like that. I think it's coming in.
2: I just need them to hurry up yeah. and like maybe get on the streaming train a little bit. Like yeah. something.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> this is some great getting, content.
2: It's getting ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I do, I do really appreciate how this WandaVision as a whole really felt like very comic book to me because yeah, absolutely. The, with, with the weekly release, it felt very comic book. and Everyone
2: was excited. Everyone was talking about it. You had to avoid spoilers. It was it was like, it kind of felt like how you used to watch TV also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. pre-binging and all that good stuff. But of course, <laughs> we love a good binge, but it's like there's something about the excitement of the collective together watching yeah. and like enjoying And I liked being able to just stream
1: it whenever um, afterwards um, and rewatching it and having my own theories. You know, I was never one that believed that that boy was (laughs) Peter from the Fox universe, um, which it's interesting that they (laughs) thank God. (laughs) Um, And I find it funny that they basically made him a dick joke, which was funny because he was Peter. In the Fox universe, and over here his name was Ralph Boner. So I thought that, that was funny. Um, I do not think that he is from someplace else. I think that he got his powers from that necklace that uh Agatha gave him to have him being mm-hmm. controlled because I don't remember Quicksilver ever having super strength where he could just flick somebody and
2: um push oh, them yeah, up against a he- wall. <laughs> yeah, he he and Monica.
1: <laughs> yeah just by flicking her away so i don't know if that that's a thing and uh yeah so i thought the whole quicksilver reveal was it was a it was very well played out i feel like they played yeah. into the hype of fans um as well as just giving someone else another go at the character knowing that people were going to get hype about seeing him again it sucks that Quicksilver is gone because I do like the character, mostly because I like his interactions with the X-Men and the mutants and stuff in comics. Um and I would have liked to see that on screen too, but I guess it was one or the other. They were either going to bring back Quicksilver or they were going to elevate Scarlet Witch to be <laughs> like the <Man>. Scarlet Witch. <laughs>
2: like I think um, it's kind of like which one do you want more?
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean honestly though like um magic fans Y'all are eating because we won. We won. It's it's <laughs> happening. Won. Like
2: it is about to be everything. I am so excited, and it's just
1: Y'all like won. yes, yes. They are going. They yes. are going full magic with this like, stuff. Like oh, her being oh, a nexus being, and you know, I remember. I remember when Scarlet Witch first debuted in the MCU, and people like i remember people complaining and bitching about her not having the comic costume and her tiara Mm -hmm, and they they were like oh what about her powers her where her probability powers or the magic stuff and now look now look now look and now look i feel like uh the mcu really does at least for the most part in my opinion try to hold true to the core of the character um and and their powers and what they can do and their abilities and stuff. Um, you know, outside of a few, I think the Hulk kind of gets gets the shaft there. But I think mostly that's I think that's only legal stuff. If they had the full rights to the Hulk, they would give him more stuff, I think. But I think he's you know, kind of it, fine in
2: the role he has.
1: <laughs> I mean, I agree. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall fantastic. Really, really great. Um, show and series one of my favorite i think entries into the mcu um, yeah, i don't know if sure. it's really fair to really compare it to the movies per se because they because it's longer It's a different it,
2: format it's a uh, yeah the
1: way, yeah
2: i can agree with that i don't you think know, no, they, they get
1: way more more time with the characters to flesh everything out but if I still were to compare it to the movies, it's a it's better than, than, than a lot of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even realize lie, it's, it's up there for me. Um it's yeah. a, it's a really great show. Overall, I would really I would, I would it. give it like a nine out of
2: ten. Yeah, agreed. Really enjoyed it. Loved a lot of the acting, loved a lot of the characters, the settings, the story. I'm excited to see where it goes. Obviously, I think it ended it ended very open. But again, like, it is the MCU. Things are always kind of connected. They're always still going around. So I'm ready to see where it goes. I'm ready to move on to the next one, the next MCU yeah. show, which is Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it's like, let's do that. You, you really keep winning. So, like, I think, <laughs> before you <before laughs> get into that,
1: I feel like I do have to say, I thought that the Monica after credit scene was lame. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't lie. that exciting. I was like, you know, with her being brought into this theater to speak to someone... Um, so can I be real w- with you?
2: Yeah. This is a safe space, yes? Mm-hmm. Always. I didn't really care for Monica at all. In the show? Was, like, in the show. I was actually kind of bored with her. I mean, she
1: was just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really expecting too much with her. Um I like Monica Rambeau. I'm not a stan by any means. Um but okay. um I mean I, yeah, I think she I like she, like she's cool. But um so I wasn't really expecting too much of her on the or I wasn't hoping for too much on this show cuz I'm not like that big of a fan. So what I got was cool with me. Yeah. Um I thought that her after crediting was lame because when that woman walked up to her and was like, Oh, you need to come in and talk to someone inside this theater. My first thought was, This woman's a scroll because this wig is janky. So she's really gotta take this off. So then she comes in, turns into a scroll, and it's like, Oh, we heard you got grounded. He wants to talk to you, like up there. And it's like we all knew she was going to go to space. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, we know she's going to be Spectrum and we know she has a connection to the scrolls and Nick Fury. So none of that was really that exciting to me. Um, So I'm excited for what's next with Falcon and Winter Winter Soldier to really jump into that world there. I feel like they have slowly but surely started to build out their like corners of the mcu you know with uh but they really blew the door open with the magic stuff right now um
3: okay i mean like
1: i said i didn't even i don't even know what the dark hold is but um so any of y'all who are really into magic tell me all about it it seems like that's like a we'll
2: have a magic panel
1: one day for sure oh yeah we'll have to do that you know what i hope we have a science one too (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> mm. <laughs> so um yeah i'm excited for what they do with falcon and the Winter soldier i feel like the tone will be different because none of them are shooting blasts and stuff from their hands um but i'm expecting some really dope fight scenes and i know that they better do your character <laughs> right we're gonna see yeah
2: i think it'll depend yeah. on anthony mackie but we're gonna see Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, we going not have to see about that one. Um, yeah, so overall, what would you give the whole series?
2: I agree, 9 out of 10. All right, perfect.
1: All right, y'all. Well, then that brings us to the end of the show. You can find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch. Um, you can find us, send us emails if you have your own relaunches, any questions, concerns, whatever you want to send over to us at another Relaunch at gmail.com um uh, also again shout out to jordan clark for being
2: on today i thought that was yes. fantastic thank you so much yes. for coming follow um, him support him go buy some aquaman comics you know yes <laughs> get into
1: his stuff y'all um you can find me on twitter and other social media platforms at uncanny lz i'm trying to change my playstation name to that too so people we can play video games and stuff together um anybody out there who's a gamer um So Kenan, where can they find you?
2: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lance with an underscore at the end.
1: Fantastic. All right, y'all.
2: And you guys, next week, be sure to join us. We're going to have a reread to be announced of with the series where we kind of got a little thing going there for that. But get ready. We're going to have that ready for you. Definitely. And join us
1: yeah be on the lookout for what this next reread is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun if we haven't had one in a while um we had a few different like topics or choices that we want to pick from so stay tuned
2: we will not know if we want to do a bad story or a good story
1: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much
2: <All laughs> both right. will be a
1: lot of fun though right um, all right y'all we're getting up out of here <laughs>